we we all work differently. Like again, for me, like the thing that I really got fixated on was like all of the different aesthetics that they've integrated into Magic, mm -hmm. and like um, as you'll see from uh, the, the some of the art card demonstrations we have tonight, literally over the past twenty years of different art design from pop culture and games and stuff, and it's like. I do like fixating on um, picking on those things where it's like I like their use of this Baroque artistry. Um, I, I think like the, the like Innistrad, a lot of like say the plate armor designs and some of the um, the locations. I might like try and cherry literally fishing and cherry picking certain things where it's like I think I can use that. I really like that. Um, I mean, uh, that, yeah. well, well, real quick, I see you know Chat Gang's been popping off here for a little bit. Hey Tanlin, how's it going, my friend? Yes, I was looking at your comment there on Twitter. I was trying to check to see if I, I had notified everyone that we went live. Obviously, did we saw that great? Uh, it's a Jersey thing, uh, gif go popping off on my Twitter. Uh, Rocco, your boy, showing up. SJ Arcade in the house. One of the oil barons. Um, <laughs> um, match game. What up? What up? Tonight we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be talking about Martin's uh, sort of hobby journey. This eighteen-month project with sort of like the army of his dreams, and I hope that somewhere, somewhere whilst discussing this talking about his inspiration his technique and like really really the the sort of narrative of the hobby and his per particular journey and i hope by by investigating that we might you know help other people find some inspiration like this, this is a long form live art essay everybody right right so we're doing a an art essay um yeah so it has been an age i think that also answers yours how's it going hades uh, thank you, SJ Arcade, for a bunch of the tier one subs. Yeah, popping off. Uh, I have I them. have it open on my phone, so I can I can look at the comments. There you, there you go. Yeah, uh, you've read Camus. Camus, yeah, Camus don't fuck around. Albert Camus is, is solid. Um, let's see. Oh, oh no, I forgot. You mean you mean Camus? <laughs> uh, oh, and I am of course the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Uh, this is episode one hundred one of AOS Rantcast. Uh, we had a little interlude for DeCantCast a couple weeks ago. I, I think I took a week off. And I'm back. I, I needed that, like, that rant-a-thon break in there, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to just reset, reevaluate. And I'll, I'll get back to weekly content for everybody here going forward. Um, I think I actually painted last week. I did, like, a paint stream on a Thursday, which is weird for me. Um, of course, my guest tonight, uh, the artist formerly known as uh, Good Painter Stormcast Man, Martin Orlando. How's it going, my friend? Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for having me on. It was it's uh, it was a wonderful privilege to, uh, to work on my stuff and get such great feedback for it. I didn't expect... Um, the longer Twitter posts, like I had been drafting it up and like trying to find the right words for everything. And it's so hard. Um, uh, but I really, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that you took such an interest in it as well. Um, yeah. And I'm just happy to be here and, and hopefully maybe like educate, like not educate, but like uh, provide insight, which may be inspirational in its own right to others. Right. Well, I mean, uh, just real quick, yeah. Decantcast is its own series. It is. It is beside yeah. Rantcast, right? It's uh, Rantcast uh, presents. <laughs> um, no, so for 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 just some background, I like to treat every episode like it could be somebody's first episode, which means. Oh yes, yeah, so if, if um, on the very slim chance that uh, people from my extended family listen to this, right? Um, 
Yeah, they may not know. They they just know that I I paint miniatures and stuff like that. But for anyone, anyway, continue going. Right. So so what what happened? I mean, really, where where I think this this the beginning for me, my my intersection with this, and why I think it's cool to do this show is I I started what was called the Alpha Sode, like sort of mini series where. Uh, you know, my passion for Ossiarch Bone Reapers, I'm rocking my Bone Reapers sh- shirt right now, by the way. Um, like, w- my passion for Ossiarch Bone Reapers and really my ability to recognize the passion in other people is something that, quite frankly, helps me as a human being. Like, yeah. as a nerd especially, I think that the, the, the instinct is to, like, pull away from other people becoming interested in your nerd stuff. I mean, there's like a yeah. sort of shared cultural experience of ostracization when it comes to being a nerd. You know, like you have a demographic of people predominantly for the bulk of their lives. You know, I'm in my I'm a 30 something year old. Nerd wasn't popular or pop culture like it is now for the majority of my life. You know, it it mm-hmm. came it ebbed and flowed in waves. You know, there was a period in time where Star Wars was actually not considered nerdy back, like when it first came out. It was a technological wonder, and you know, it was it was in the zeitgeist. But nerdery yeah. moves in waves, comes in popularity. But for the bulk of most people's lives, they have this almost visceral reaction of either having to feel ashamed that they were nerds, hide that they were nerds, or whatever it was, or be bullied because they were nerds. And what it did is it caused this sort of very close-knit group, but also insular group. And just this sort of yeah. group mentality this, the, that develops in nerdy. And we see this constantly. Like, the elite nerdist trope or stereotype, the Big Bang Theory exclusionary nerd, like, nobody gets our stuff and they don't understand it, and then you mock and laugh at them because they don't understand our cool thing. Like, that is a... That's a terrible TV show. But that type of nerdery is real and yeah. i um, did it oh go you can go ahead if you want. i was about to say no uh this this would be a uh, a good opportunity for for my mother to step in though she will not step in front of a microphone for this stuff as i've talked about um for those who attended aco um <laughs> my my mother is is the the um what what is it the, the nerd matriarch like she used to run conventions that make warhammer look like a flea um back since like the early 80s yeah so well, that, that, I, I, yeah what i call the old guard what i, I call the yes. old guard like the yeah. sort of like original guard of nerd which is like the old the old school trekkers basically like that's yes for yes. i struggle when, to think of a nerd nerd as we know it fandom yeah. like that reaches back further than the like they were the original ones doing the oh, yeah. vhs swaps uh, right like they I had also, little uh, sci-fi would have uh, no, Worldcon would have um, the guest of honor would be Robert Heinlein or Isaac Asimov, yeah. and they would give a keynote yeah. speech. Yeah, um, it does not get more OG than that. Right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the old yeah. guard. Is like that old sci-fi nerd, like yeah. the Trekkers, the yeah, the the, the Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. fans, like all that stuff. Uh, PKD, like uh, like that old guard, the Jack Vance fandoms, like where they were, they would sure. have college like college periodicals. And, like, so the college campus would pu- public, like, this nerd monthly. And that was how you stayed connected to these these nerd verses. And, okay, that's what I, I call them the old guard. That's That was my uncle's generation, sure. the, the sort of, yes. you know, um, I'm sort of descendant, that second gen, what I think is the contemporary nerd, what, what has come on to define the, 
the predominant definition and now we have sort of a transitional period into what i think is like the third era of nerddom which is the popular nerd um you know uh listen to my ted talk later on 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 my the uh, my my nerd thesis um (laughs) um no but but this this is your show dude yeah this sort of like reactionary like instinct uh that nerds developed and i think it was certainly as the internet sort of shifted from being exclusively a nerd thing you know you're talking like this sort of to put it as i guess as identifiable as i think i can i can make it the difference between ultima online and world of warcraft that's sort of like when it was ultima online the internet was basically just a hellscape of nerds and then everybody else got online too and like everything changed and that that reactionary sort of like ability to curl within yourself and again i was i am proud i am proud to understand that analogy despite having never played either game yeah see i forget you're younger than me sometimes like you're yeah, very um, I also I also led a very uh uh targeted slash sheltered existence in terms of my dirting. Like I went from Game Boy games to Halo while picking up Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. And in college I was like, do I want to stick with video games and uh drawing or do I want to get more lean more into Warhammer? And Warhammer clearly rent one out. I I have not played a game of online Halo, I want to say since 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a drawing tablet anymore. I have <laughs> not for a long time. Uh, so here we are. Um, and this is kind of the culmination of that, if we, if we want to use this to kind of lead into the project we're talking about tonight. Well, I mean, what, what I was... The, the, to put a bow on the point I'm trying to make is that I, was, I grew up as... Uh, I hid my nerd... Uh, until I was adequately comfortable yeah. with myself, and then I became the sort of reactionary nerd that, like, like you're not, you got to prove to me you're worthy to be a nerd. The most vicious version of this isn't a particular brand I bought into, but you see it a lot against uh, like minorities, people of color, uh, women, that sort of thing. Like you see that sort of exclusionary nerd type really focuses in on that. Um, but even broadly, nerds were primed to be that way. And I recognized, like, I always had a pretty integ- pretty diverse group of friends, so I never quite went that route. But I did do the, like, if you told me you were a Wolverine fan, what's his real name? You know, like, I've been collecting Wolverine comics since this time, and I know he's named James Howlett and blah. You're not enough of a nerd yet. You know, like, that kind of crap. You know, I wrote, sure. like, what saved me in the end was not recognizing like that people had the specific nerddom I had, but recognizing the passion that I would see that like somebody would like start talking to me about something that's like nerd. Right. And I wouldn't understand. Like, I'm like, I don't like, I I wear many hats of nerdery, but I'm like, I don't know what this specific uh, Godzilla film. Right. One of my friends, huge guy, like Godzilla fan. Yeah. Um, Gojira, yeah, there's like, I think there's G-Fest in Chicago yeah, like, that a friend man, of the family goes to. Yeah, and he'd be talking to me, and I'm just like, my eyes are glossing over. Like, I have a point of reference from, like, anime, and I have a point of reference from, like, like general, like, enjoyment of, like, Japanese culture, and, like, I know Kurosawa and, like, film, but, like, this whole other world with, like, the costume monsters and, like, it's, you know, out of my, out of my wheelhouse. But I'd see this passion. Like, and I'm like, that way this person's talking right now about that thing 
is the exact same way I talk about Warhammer. It's the exact same way I talk about, you know, Silent Hill. The exact same way I talk about the stuff I love. And so I start, I stopped focusing yeah. on the specifics of nerdery, and I started focusing on the love. Because for me, that's yeah, we what a nerd... we find We find mutual friendship in our um, individual adorations or passions about right. what we care about. Right, right. Yeah. The, the universal language became the passion, not the nerdery. It was like, I, I don't know... You know what you're into, like what your thing is, but like I get it because I feel that passion. And so, jumping into Age of Sigmar, you know, I like Osiak. Every I, everyone should have their Osiak Bone Reaper. First of all, everybody should get their army that they love. If you haven't found your like forever home yet, um, please stick around. You know, because it's a great community and stuff. But like I, I, I know that I'm a, I have nerd privilege. Uh, I got my favorite army in the world. Uh, I, too, hope everyone gets to experience this. Uh, but, you know, I, I got my, like, nerd army. It was coming out. I was, lo- like, every teaser, every trailer, every leak of a model, of a rule. This wasn't the normal amount of hype. This was something else. Like, I needed this. And not just because of, like, the the performative oh, yes, nerd. Ty. Like, it was yeah. deep. It was It was... It was visceral. You, 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 yeah, go ahead. Oh, I do, I do remember watching this and listening to this. I made a podcast off. because of Osiris Bone Reapers, right? Yeah. And and then I would see this throughout. Like I started to, because I saw I had I'd see, I'd been aware of nerdery and the passion, and then I experienced the passion like that myself. I recognized it in other people as it was happening, and then LRL basically kind of came out, and yeah. I saw LRL was a very from the jump, divisive army. It was oh, immediately, sure. and, and that was compounded by the fact that um, most of the news was starting to be um, un like rolled out as we were getting used to pandemic living. Yeah, and and that sort of like, um, I would say polarized further polarized the rhetoric on it. Um, and I mean, it is what it is. Uh, we we have talked about in your previous episode segments, including um, one segment called "Are Elves Weird Enough," in yeah. which I think it became clear that um, when I was speaking specifically on the subjects, um, notions of art design, specific breaking down um, decisions, choices, um, aesthetics into being like, I think people are having um, a hard time having a hard time reconciling this because of. And then it can't, like, when you had to step away, you generally had to step away. Yeah. I own this because of you, Bart. <laughs> because of you specifically. We uh, when you yeah. when we were talking about this cover, you busted out, like, a, a, a freaking PowerPoint, like, Vince Venturella PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the cover art, I, like, I on one hand, I'm not, I'm, I'm not attached to LRL. Sure. But, but the it's, art, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead. Right. No, it's like that's that's one of the points behind um, Warhammer or, or fandoms like Warhammer is your faction fandom. Like we're going to create but, but visually but distinct the, but faction. The real, that, the real best cover. There you right go. Here. Like this, Absolutely. This is the actual best one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's a superb art. It's oh, really excellent. like I, I wish that had a red border and like that would fit right up there um, in a games workshop from 10, 15 years ago, dude. It, it's truly it's truly evocative of the faction's flavor. It's going to fall down. Oh, oh no. It fell a it, few inches. Yeah. Oh, no. We're good. Yeah, it's yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, 
anyway um and so you're going to have people like you 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 want um as a person as say a business that wants to um build these faction fandoms like well you want to you want something visually distinct for every type of person you um it almost is it's kind of like what overwatch does um from like a character design perspective or like league where instead um like every character is their own superhero they're gonna have their own aesthetic they're going to make sure we want to make sure that they all look distinct from one another and yeah. so like osiar bone reapers none of their new miniatures can look like Lumineth Realm Lords. They can't look like Stormcast. We want to make sure that all Ossiarch Bone Reaper stuff looks as Ossiarch Bone Reapers as Ossiarch Bone Reapers can be, which means that lobstered obsidian, um, yeah, <laughs> yes, the 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 bone, um, the it's. I would say the closest. The and by closest, I barely like barely associate just in terms of general shapes and texture makeup is like the Tyranids. Where you have like these sculpted bone shapes rather than using pieces of like scavenged uh, stuff. Like you, you know what a skeleton warrior looks like, um, but an Ossiarch Bone Reaper is not a skeleton warrior. Yeah, even they, if they're made of the same stuff. Yeah, you see them in the yeah. dark, and they're complete. Even like if you're just getting rough shapes, you know that these are two distinctly different things. Right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and the same thing. It is no different with what we uh, what Games Workshop wanted to do. With Lumineth Realm Lords, um, and I was very happy when they came out. Like, do we do we want to just segue into like the whole thing, or I I didn't know what you want. Well, I okay. I just wanted to establish the Alpha Sode, where okay. that came from, and yeah. that for me it was about recognizing, like, okay, recognizing um, like sort of resonant frequencies of nerdery, yeah. like so. For, and and I yeah. saw that with you. I saw that with Bryce. I saw like a lot of these Tyler Emerson who never actually managed to get on an Alpha Sode, I believe. You know, he he was he's hard to get on the show. He really is. Like yes. I've tried to like, yes. and he's been doing like the Warhammer Weekly like every week, and I'm just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> well, he's ready. To, he's ready to be done. So at some point after after he recovers, and Tom Tom uh, uh, resumes uh, assumes the king and queen throne. It's the the the, the two thrones, like one slightly, or, or I guess in this case, one's covered in zinc stuff and paintbrushes. The other one's covered in um, crumpled army lists and Nurgle stuff. Um, <laughs> that's what you make the two thrones out of. Um, when yeah. Tyler uh, steps down uh, and give him a little bit of time to recover, I'm sure he'll be more yeah, yeah, conducive no. to being on other shows and stuff. No, last night's episode um, was yeah. was uh, of Warhammer Weekly. That was yes, awesome. I listened Just to it at work. It was very nice. Hanging out with yeah. Tyler and he's. He'll never admit to it, but he's got to be one of the smartest. Just one of the absolute smartest oh, people in, in Warhammer. Just the way absolutely. he sees the game, the way he draws connections, be, not just between the game and like bigger picture, broader stroke stuff. Like, um, it he's like a wizard. It's it's I'm I, I think I'm a pretty smart guy, and so when you're a, you think you're a pretty smart guy, and you're in the presence of someone else, you're just like wow, I'm not oh, yeah. on this level. I I, you know, like, I I I totally understand that. Um. So, but no, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, with the 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 elves, it's like I kind of had that thing where maybe it was it was probably with Lord of the Rings, where it was like, of course, the the very first scene in all of Lord of the Rings are the elves in the golden armor of 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 the of the ever time spring, um, marching into Mordor with spear phalanxes and just saying, "Get the fuck out, you orcs." Um, and behind them, of course, is Hugo Weaving, 
and um, his boss, the the High King of the Star Children, with like this banner of like all crazy stuff and this magic spear. Um, and then they show us later on in the movie where it's like their 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 home, Rivendell, just looks incredible. And probably me is like a seven or eight year old. Yeah. You know, if it came out, so the first one came out in two thousand one. It would have been nine. It was just like resonated with me. I was in the tail really of my high it. school career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just turned 28 uh, last one. Real real quick, Caleb Kane popping in, saying hi at chat, gang. It's me, your boy, back at it with the popping in to say hi before returning to work. Have a great night at work, my friend. Thanks for stopping in. And uh, happy birthday, uh, Dan Caravan, who uh, redeemed 1,000 RDP. Do you know why he redeemed 1,000 RDP? Uh, Because chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Boom. He knows. <laughs> I, do, I do listen to your shows. Um, uh, yeah, so you're, you're talking LR, uh, LTR. Yeah. You you gravitated towards mm-hmm. the the elves. For me, it was it was it was the Black Riders, the the Ring Wraiths, man. Oh, oh for like, sure. I, I remember the for book. most people, it was the dwarves. Really? You think so? Like most people loved... around around here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, most, I see. I see. Jersey. Thing I see something. nothing. Uh, yes, it's um, beards and beer. What's what and and axes? I guess what's not to like for. I guess uh, dwellers of the Pine Barrens. It I don't know, but it, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, for me. Like it was, it was the elves and stuff, and that kind of evolved over time. Like I wouldn't find Warhammer. Um, it was always a Games Workshop in the mall, like by me. It was guess uh, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and we went in because of Lord of the Rings stuff. I picked up Lord of the Rings for like a year or two, then I went into 40k for my high school years, and of course, when I got out of high school. Just like most people, it's like I think I'm ready for fantasy, um, and I and I played in uh, one doubles tournament um, with a friend for 40k, and we won, and um, I got a store credit as a prize, and I got as my used my store credit to buy a box of White Lions and a box of Phoenix Guard, and my fate was sealed. Yeah. Um, I only played one army for all of fantasy. Um, I never played someone else's army. I never bought another army. I only ever bought bits to kit bash into elves. Um, and even after the old world blew up, I was kind of like waiting. I thought that they were like kind of done with elves. And I wrote this whole thing like last year too, where it's like, well, hating on elves um, in an art way is popular in these other series that I also like, like Game of Thrones, like Dragon Age. We don't have to talk about Game of Thrones. We talked about that in your chat yesterday um when it's like elves are are kind of done well they, they, they're, they felt they're like written they were, in a different way they really yeah. felt like i mean vampires hit this too mind you um yes like, yes we, like, we went we went through the 2010s with the age of the new the nu dash vampire yeah like they're like yeah. oh these like okay like everyone's like okay everyone's done vampires like vampires right. have been done, and they're like, "Wait, no, 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 no! Let me tell you about how my vampire is different from the vampires yeah. you know." And then just all this, and we did this with elves. We saw this happen with elves, and Dobby, like, Dobby is a good elf. Well, the the thing that I, I I like what um what was said here in chat, where uh man, this comment comments moving here. Um, where yeah. did it go? Hugo, we, hey, here we go. Be good said. A negative opinion can be unfortunate. Martin sets the standard for keeping a healthy respect of people's passion, and I, I like that the latter half of this especially is respecting people's passion. I think that's really the. I think that's like kind of the critical mm-hmm. thing. As oh, it's sure. okay to feel negative about things. Like I, 
Right. I, I'm always kind of biting my like teeth just a little bit when I have to talk about Zinch in a positive light because I'm like, I just it's just an army I don't like. You know? Oh, like, for, oh, oh for sure. I like I, I, I really w- like I wish I could see more Zinch mortal armies because I think the Zinch mortal aesthetic is so cool. But, but um especially as like an antagonist faction, like you take um I'm sorry, I was about to go on a tangent. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah. but then but then, you know, like when when my friend when a friend of the show, uh, you know, Dr. Alex Milonis is around rock and zinch, his passion for the army brings me back from that like dark place of just like fucking zinch. You know, like you know, yeah. it's 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 weird like respecting people's passion i think is what it's about and elves ha- it just it became the cool thing to hate elves and i did what i okay. tend to do yeah. which is when the cool thing becomes ha- like hate i like it it my contrarian takes up you lean into the heel i oh, think is the yeah. term you've used before yeah like i just my heel persona comes out like like it became like i i, I did not like blood elves in in uh in world of world warcraft, warcraft. I hated they, they look kind of run of the mill to me. Lore wise, I despise them. They suck. Like I'm a, or, like love orcs, but the hatred was ramping up, and I had to troll people. So like I rolled an elf. <laughs> like, oh for sure. Just yeah, it. and and if I if I may add, there are things that um, and we've talked about this on prior elf episodes. Yeah. Um, people and and I think I think the 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 Tom Lyons comment the the. Um, stands true as as back then as it does now. You teased us with um, uh, a neat spin on what we knew, and then threw a curveball in there that just is out there. It it not only does it challenge what I thought elves were. It's just it's it's anathema, um, and to to what I wanted out of this army, and I get it. Like um. The the ZCAD file, like for for the Stone Guard, like the it it like it could be fifteen percent smaller. It's not. They lean into it so hard. They put these these giant bronze tusks on a yak helmet, uh, on a yak like visage on top of a guy's helmet, and it's like why? I get that. There's reasons to dislike it, um, but it stems beyond that. Like the whole androgyny thing, the whole um, like um, what is what did Morden Solis say? Um, it had to me had to be me. Somebody else might have gotten it wrong. Yeah, that is their entire ethos. But Morden Solis is so awesome. Like, sure, sorry. <laughs> I'm ju- I'm just saying it's an applicable quote. And yeah, if you yeah. take it to its extreme, we have to be the guardians of the realms of men uh, because we because believe to our very core. Yeah. yeah, well, we believe we believe that you're incapable of doing it. Not only are you not good enough, but you're like uh, well, for, like. Yeah, and like so. Well, no, that, if you, if you can imagine attitude. the mentality of a parent, yeah. right? Like, yes. like you, you, you've got your kids, and they, they want to help, and it's not malice, but like you know that they can't right. do the big responsibility. You do it, and correct. That's and that, how the, and that attitude yeah. does. Like, um, there is an antagonism towards that, which has resonated across popular culture, which is why people just hate elves, like in general, except for dark elves, because dark elves are bad guys. See, and but. W- but the hatred of edgelord stuff and like and the no the, well for, well first of all I, I guess dark elves get a pass because all of them look like the cover of metal albums and people like that but that people normally were hate elves. getting tired of Driss Du Orden and Sephiroth and all the edgelord stuff for a while there 
the the whole the whole trend became all encompassing, and like you weren't allowed to like elves, kind of period. And if you played the dark elf, you were a tryhard. Like you were you were trying too hard to make elves cool, and you can't make them cool. That's where my I whole guess. my whole like uh, the whole like heel persona thing with uh, with Prince Nuada. Mm-hmm is, like, people say elves can't be badass, and then I'm like, I just share, like, Prince Nuada images over and over and over again. Sure, and now I have an entire <laughs> army of him. What elves forever? But, like, yeah. but like, sure. the Morden well, Solas... The... Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't want to go back to Morden Solas, but, like, when you first meet him, he's just, like, caps a dude. Like, it's nothing. And just, like, sure. Sorry, but Absolutely. I like that, that, that quality to, like, Nuada and the edgier elves. Like... Uh, yeah, um, know... but... And, and um, so I, I understand where that was coming from. And that wasn't going to stop me one bit from making the army of my dreams. And um, as you said, like this, this started as soon as the elf stuff came out. Like originally, this this idea that I had, um, we have to rewind all the way back to like 2017, 2018, when I'm like, well, if they're not going to, if they're going to, if this is their new idea of elves, like Ideneth Deepkin and Daughters of Cain, where it's like anything that's not like. Tolkien's Rivendell or Peter Jackson's Rivendell specifically um, is what we're going to build up. I'm like, that's that's fine, that's cool. Um, how do I build? How do I? How do I use my hobby to to make this like something for myself? Look, look, and I start to put some ideas together. Real, real quick, chat gang, mm-hmm. it, I stand. I will stand night elves. I think night elves are pretty dope. It's it for me. It's the aesthetic and the music. Like when you're in. I don't even remember the name of their starting land. But more than that, we stand Pyrotest from Record of Lotus Wars around these parts. Like, pretty much the, like, the OG for me. I know Drist Jordan was around, but, like, I hadn't yet read the Drist books yet. I was just reading Dragonlance and stuff. And then I saw Record of Lotus Wars, and Pyrotest was just, like... Yeah. Oh, um, if if we if we want to if we want to quickly um, <laughs> de- d- uh, downgrade my nerd cred even more, I have not read a single dra- uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Dragonlance book. I don't care. Like I like you're not okay. gonna like no. There's yeah. people out there who'll be like what? I'm like they're popcorn fiction. They're just it's just... sure sure. No, I'm sure some of it is excellent. Like there's a reason why these characters are iconic. Like how old is Drizzadour Dent? This character is probably like. 20-ish years old, probably older. Yeah, I think it's and, older. Like, the, I think Driss might be older yeah. than me. Like, Sure. Yeah, like, I think I'm fairly reason... origins in the 80s, right? Like, go ahead. Right, right. And I, I'm just saying, like, they, these characters are iconic for a reason. We hold onto them and care about them regardless of how much schluck the fiction actually is. Um, and so I and I don't want to um, take away from that. Like, literally, I can't. There's a, there's a legacy there for a reason. Um, nothing I say can really remove anyone's enjoyment, especially someone um, in 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 their uh, like ten, fifteen years older than me that grew up on all of these books. Eighty nine, um, not quite. There older, you go. N- not uh, quite older than me. So. That's that's still an impressive legacy for a fictional character to constantly be um, like different authors take up the helm and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it might be popcorn fiction to some. Uh, but it might have built the career of a Disney Pixar writer or something down the line that we see, don't know. It. I don't. I don't. Like, need, like I don't. I see. I don't berate popcorn fiction. Like, like yeah. I, I call it that. But like, I'm like, d- this is not a negative thing from me as a even as a writer. Yeah. I write schlock. Like, I purposely the stuff I like to write is very tongue in cheek and schlocky. I it, t- but I read like really highbrow garbage. Like, uh, you know. 
Nightmare Alley and fucking Camus mm-hmm. and uh, Cormac McCarthy is like my favorite author. Um, but like you, you, your my father and uh, yourself could talk more about Cormac McCarthy and everything. Yeah. Um, no. No. Continue. Continue. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like I, I don't yeah. like in the spirit of not yucking people's yum. Mm-hmm. Popcorn. When I call like if I call something popcorn fiction, um, it is not as an insult. Uh, popcorn's delicious. Okay, and it's especially useful when you're at a movie. Like you want to be entertained. Like popcorn fiction. I am allergic to popcorn. I will buy the dips. What? <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. Why? Dibs are delicious. I will go buy the dibs for like however much they cost, and I will eat them all before the trailers are done. Fair enough. That's fine. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, uh, anyway, no, continue, continue. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, uh, I started to um, go on. So like in 20, it was like, well, if I want to make it, they're going to have to be either mixed order or, or something like that, and they will, and it won't be good. Like I'll either have to super do a lot of proxies if I want to do well at events or something. So you, this is that you were going to DIY yeah. an elf army yeah. up. Yeah, I was originally going to DIY an elf army. Why not and IDK? Some, like, out of um, well, IDK like it only just come into existence, and like even back then it was kind of like the balance was off, and people were just taking the eels, and it's like, um, and like there wasn't as much there to really imprint upon. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll take some IDK stuff and mix it in there. I do like a lot of the shapes of some of the armor um, that IDK have. And you will find out as we get into the miniatures. I started to borrow a lot from the Baroque shapes that sometimes elves, um, high elves, are a little too austere um, to to really borrow from. Uh, But anyway, uh, then it turned into like IDK or Cities of Sigmar. And it's like, well, we're going to finally codify all of these elf things. But then they like took a lot of them away. Um, but like at that time also Forbidden Power is coming out and Teclas finally makes an appearance and it's like, oh, there might be something on the horizon or if they, uh, it could be three, four, five years from now. So while at least it looks like it's going to be possible, um, I might just try and make something out of Cities of Sigmar. And, uh, to prep for that, I made the Vampire Vikings as like, I really want like a narrative driven Regardless of how competitive or cheese the list ends up being, I want all of these figures to be brimming with character. And I started writing stuff to which informed how the characters would look and how their environments would... Um, like the thing uh, a few days ago where I posted about um, uh, the vampire lord with, with the, 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 the spirit axe. And that was a thing from the army uh, two years ago. Like, I didn't want them to just have... <laughs> See- uh, and this was just... Yeah, Hades here in chat. I didn't realize Hades was like this massive elf stand. By the way, like yes, he, I, he, I he registered to me in a lot of a lot of different uh, Discord groups and such. <laughs> like I registered it, but when you say like Hades Death God, I'm thinking Underworld. I'm thinking yeah. Death. I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe ghosts, like possibly chaos, right? Because you know Hades is you know God of the Underworlds. Like yeah, um, but no, no, like elves all the way. So so you're you're. You get a spark of hope, basically. That... Right, right. And and then I, I use that to practice, and then Illumineth come out. So it's like, well, but it was like June by the time the kits were finally released because of the delays from COVID and everything. Like, the factory shut down for like a month and a half. Like, they didn't want, like, and there was like all of the shipping shortages and, like, and just not, um, we, we think about the Ever Given last year as like the meme, but really the port of Los Angeles where they're getting like all of the scenery and stuff that's coming by boat from China and Taiwan 
um, there was like a four and a half week backup of stuff at the port of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And that's why we couldn't get the shrine on something on time and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I said to myself, and this is going to lead into the, the, the slideshow a little bit. I didn't want this to just be an experiment in nostalgia. Um, I wanted this to be a true, um, exemplar of what I value most in art. Um, and I wanted, uh, truly more than anything else to be a reflection of my own tastes while being respectful, um, of the Warhammer canon. I'm sorry. What's, uh, uh, I see you laughing. I assume it's something in chat. Yeah, no, uh, Hades death God. Listen, Greek myths are my thing. I like Hades, not the dead, but elves are just what I aspire to be. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. No respect, man. Respect. Mm-hmm. I, I, I too like James Woods Hades. Uh, so uh, I went about this whole. I too thing, like, uh, like I too like Nagash. Um, yes, Hades is you know Nagash. That sorry, yes. go on, go on. Mm-hmm. Well, I was saying that, that anyway. Uh, and uh, I really started to pull together. Like behind me, right here, uh, these are all coffee table sized art books from uh, video games, films, museum catalogs. I do have too many of them. I have started to slowly. You have the Final Fantasy one, don't you? Um, Which one? Which Final Fantasy? um, What the classic, uh, the classic artist who did all the, um, the old. Uh, Not, uh, not Tetsuya Nomura, the watercolor guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I have uh, the Book of Sky is too big. Um, I don't have that. uh, Google help us. Who was the guy who does the watercolor art? Or uh, sorry, this is for chat gang. Um, because I'm blanking on the name right now because I have I'm, too many artist names. I'm I'm a little fragged right now. Not gonna lie. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Ta- oh, uh, Amano. Um, not Takashi Amano. Uh, yeah, uh, Yoshi. Yoshi. Ta- I, I got it. I'm gonna keep, look. Keep this talking. Up. I yeah. got it. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Last name is Amano. Yeah, Yoshi. Yoshitaka Amano. Yoshitaka Amano. Yeah, I do have some of his work over here, um, but not not the Book of Sky. The Book of Sky is like the size of my torso. Um, it's crazy. Uh, but I do have uh, one book for Final Fantasy fourteen. I have the Final Fantasy fifteen book. Um, I have one of the guides for, I think it's six, seven... One yeah, of the yeah, bridges yeah, of the three well, games. So you, you grabbed a bunch of uh-huh. books that, that, that right and over time um, that was the other Go ahead. right um, and museum catalogs and it's like I've I've collected these over the years and like tried to learn from them because like I have this thing where my imagination far ex- out far exceeds um, my ability to visualize what I want in any medium other than miniatures, um, which I think I've, that's I've kind of succeeded now because I really do enjoy that which i have created in this army well it's, uh, I, I think that's that's a lot of people though like one, one of the, the the main things is or i hear anyone with creative aspirations is like what i put down doesn't match with what was in my head you know mm-hmm. or like everyone has problems sort of like articulating the cre- hell man i i'm a writer words are my thing and uh when i'm speaking in real time it's a car wreck up in my head i have the idea of what i'm trying to articulate um yeah. and getting it out is jumbled i'm making connections to things that that aren't aren't linear um when i write i can do a better job 
but every time I, I pick it up and I read it, I'm like, well, did that? I, did I really describe what was in my head? Yeah, you know? and I wanted to make sure that I didn't feel that way with this army because I felt that way before, especially with the Stormcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like I've gotten, I like I wanted to make sure 100 percent the ideas which I had in terms of um, funneling all of that inspiration into this. I didn't want to um, feel like there was room for improvement in terms of visualizing the ideas that I had. There's always room for improvement in, in um, like technical execution. Like I could have painted things better. I could have um, made certain things a little cleaner, um, maybe gotten a little bit bolder in terms of sculpting, but in terms of um, taking the concept I have in my writing or um, from the inspiration, like the individual art inspirations and um, funneling those into like the characters or the units. Um, I didn't want to be like, I'm going to need to do this unit over again. That wasn't an option for me. Um, so I did multiple color tests and things to get it right. One of the pictures, I believe it's one of the last art cards with this a picture of um, a tree revenant, um, a white lion guy, and then a pewter old high elf hero where I was getting the color tests right. And I was like, I wanted to make sure this was a red. So what was the, like, you mentioned a lot of, a lot of different inspirations. Was there an anchoring thought? Cause I, I've got this Um, one image sitting here and this is what made me think of actually like final fantasy art. Cause this just screams like the old, uh, the old Amano like water. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so this, this cover art that's on screen right now is a commission. Um, a friend of mine, Cleveland Mosher, who has worked on and off for card games and such. He also did the Night Scar art, which I've sh- uh, shown you before. Um, this will uh, be used in a future project for Adepticon. Um, I, on that, I will say no more without spoiling anything. Um, this is excellent. He, yeah, um, he, he is a professional artist. I don't know if he takes commissions right now. He is the main artist. He like, makes his own video game. It's like a side-scroller ISO sort of video game uh he's been featured as one of the finalists in uh, vati's vati Vidya's art of souls like the souls fan art kickstarter I believe he's in that great, um, and he does, great he's channel, done... by the way if you love if you love the soul series oh yeah Vati-Vidya. um uh cleveland is is a phenomenal phenomenal artist and i make sure to tag him whenever uh and we took the original paul dainton artwork uh, which is this is a needle point of which is a, just an elf um with a spear and shield in front of one of the great gates of Ulthuan. And I said, uh, I would like this to be for Lumineth. Granted, it's my version of Lumineth. Like, this is based on one of my kit bashes. Um, as to almost emulate that original art with the, like, you can see the clear lake well, of an art shield. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is, this is yes. you know, this is homage, right? Like, you've right. even got this, the, the cape is, action. Yeah, the cape is almost... Um, Granted, it's flipped, but it's it's fluttering in the wind almost the same way. It is very clearly inspired by that same artwork. Um, yeah, like they're they're, yeah. Um, I would have to show you the original high elves. Yeah, you like showed for, me for, the, for, in, for, in the one. Uh, yeah, the the eighth ed army book. Yes. Yeah. Um. Then that remains my favorite. Um. But anyway, um. In terms of an anchoring point, I think the only true anchoring point was. Um, I've never owned a red army, and I wanted the army to have uh, red as one of its primary colors, and I kind of went from there. There was no singular, like, I, I could I could say there's a singular concept, like maybe like certain J- JRPGs 
But like even then, I've tried to distill so much inspiration into it that there is no one main thing. Maybe, excuse me, um, Renaissance or Baroque era um, portraiture. Mm-hmm. That, but that's even then, that's kind of broad. Right. Uh, so, so you you really just like sort of a, a gestalt of inspirations. Like you, correct. You kind of yes. let it all. So, so you let it all kind of like come and play together. And yes, was there? I guess you, we'll maybe get into this. So, so I've got yeah. some of these um these art. So yeah. So first of all, I start. Yeah, I started looking at artists I appreciate, and um, some of them who directly teach me, like Aaron Lovejoy, who uh, painted the Horus uh, Prima Chorus in the corner. He is my painting coach. Um, I pay him through Patreon. Um, I've donated miniature monthly for many years now. And him and I monthly talk about my painting and stuff like that. Originally, it was only supposed to go for one year or so. Like, it was about the end of, uh, like, the middle of 2019. And it was supposed to, like, we would culminate at Adepticon 2020 when we'd finally see each other again. And, like, kind of, like, you know, uh, hang out and do stuff and kind of be like, I think I'm ready to, to, to move on. That still hasn't happened yet. And I have no problem just, like, keep coaching with him. He also works with like masters, like some people where it's like, I'm just a better painter. Um, he teaches people who are objectively, he says, better painters than him. But anyway, that's just a little bit so, about Aaron Love. So, yeah. so, so did you actually find the coaching useful? Then? Yeah. Like you actually oh, yes. like. Yes. Um, if you remember my pinned tweet where I posted stuff from my armies from 2013 to now, um, my 2019 and 2020 stuff is in part really helped by him critiquing, especially like my death army and uh, the beginning of the Lumineth, and he's helped me, like, basically every step of the way when I have key questions about doing something new. Um, and I've been learning so much over the course of this army. Um, I didn't want to just play it safe. I wanted to be like, what can I push with this unit? What can I push with this unit? Even in small ways. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the end, and it's like, it, it really has been leaps and bounds in certain aspects of my that's, painting that's pretty cool soren real quick yeah. dropping a, a tier three sub for 24 years of support thank you so much soren he says good evening from texas uh you know good evening to texas how's it going my friend yes um and hades death god i believe yes it is this um it is the same uh same one on the uh black library omnibus for elves um i believe the one on the omnibus is slightly recolored it's a little more silver but it is the same paul dayton art um and then Tanlin asks, how do you find a coach for a new paper? I, I'm just going to say, hey, yeah. go ahead. Um, no, so generally, um, a lot of painters who make YouTube videos also have Patreons. Um, and some of the tiers for their Patreons are coaching tiers. They are very different in price. Um, so you're going to have to shop around. Like I am on um, the Patreon for Craft World Studio. And um, without even though these numbers are kind of public, I just, I don't feel like using the numbers because you don't need to. Yeah. Right. But, um, craft world charges double, uh, what, um, I pay for Aaron's services monthly. Um, that might be worth it for you, especially if you like craft world style. Um, but that's what they charge based on their availability and what they offer and stuff like that. And it's entirely up to those painters. Mm -hmm. Um, I, w- I would not hesitate to shop around, particularly through YouTube and Instagram. A lot of Instagram, they, they kind of sometimes put their tutorials on a Patreon and stuff like that. Um, but, like, feel free to look through their, their, their tutorial, like, 
their Patreon tiers, and some of them do offer coaching. Yeah, right on, right on. Yeah. Um. So, so we've got this. Uh, you got Vincent Marathi. Like, what were you pulling from the Marathi here? What you, you talk about? Yeah, uh, that was. Um. The, these were emblematic of their body of work. Um. Actually, what inspired me the most from Vince's stuff was his slamesh, particularly also the passion, the indulgence of it. Yeah. Because I was going to indulge in Lumineth somewhat the similar way that Vince has with Slanesh. Um, I don't have the opportunity to paint as often during the day as Vince does. So it's not like I get the opportunity to like knock out all of this stuff over a relatively short period of time. But like I did listen to his Slanesh show a few times and watch the hobby tutorials and be like, what is he doing that's paying extra attention? To this stuff over his regular body of work um and i also le- le- learned from his daughters of cain um and stuff like that aaron aaron just generally is a helpful um shout out to oscar lars i don't know if he's going to listen to this i'll probably show it to him later mm-hmm. um oscar is the guy who generally um he always wins at nova like best painted no uh, best painted is your first or you don't get it and um at adepticon he's always first or second place um without fail because just the stuff that he he paints is so phenomenal and teachable. When I paint judge, like at ACO, I have a folder of Oscar Lars's work from pictures I've taken of his stuff, as well as pictures he's taken of his stuff. And you can zoom in and you can uh, just take apart all of the techniques. They're so um, easy to read on the models. Uh, and it's like, well, he's doing this. And he's also making sure... He does this. He's making sure that there's hash marks on the leather to showcase extra texture. He's showcasing um, uh, uses of spot colors, like in all of the rusted brass and bronze. There's verdigris pips all over here that you can clearly, like, it's it's so very, easy to read. A very yeah. deliberate style, in other words. Correct. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate it. Um, Oscar is also of, on Patreon, says so be good. <laughs> There you go. Man, there you go. Uh, yeah, and then this other stuff was stuff from, like, friends. Yeah, and so just, the, like... So we got um, the Skates, Wild Hunts. Uh, yeah, uh, Louis Snug- Sugden is um, the new presenter for Warhammer Plus. Um, I've been following her for a long time. People might remember her Lord of Change. Um, where it's like she uses, like, Very all of the colors. Very yes, vibrant. super vibrant. Very, like, like, almost like a comic book unapologetic sort of, like, in your face. Oh, yes. I like this. Oh, it 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 reaches um, uh, through the page. Like, it reaches out and grabs you and gives you a bear hug. Yeah. That's, like, I heard, I heard that once about describing art at the Vatican. Her miniatures do that to you. Yeah. Where it's, like, it, it, wherever you are in the room, it reaches out and grabs you. Yeah. That's what that's what you kind of want, especially in a gaming army. Yeah. Um, yeah, her her works this is I, I like this again. Like it's it, it actually reminds me of again like comic books which just like unapologetically yeah. like what it is. I love it. This is good. Um, um Mits, Mitzi is a friend um he's part of the Raw crew, the Realms at War. Um you may have seen their stuff like um Yeah, Mitzi and it's Jimbo, almost, right? Like Yes, Mitzi and Jimbo uh it's the Warhammer equivalent of like the Renaissance Fair. Um, it's a very fun event. I hope to go one day. Um, it's rough because they're so popular. They generate such goodwill, but it's a nar- it's a very work intense intensive narrative event. It's like we need we need more game masters 
but we also want it to be intimate. So it's like when we say we have a cap of 40 people, we kind of mean it because we can only control so much of the environment with a crew of four like game masters. Yeah. Um, so again, one day I'll get to it. Um, yeah, and then uh, the rest of it is my friend Nick Baton and Chris Peach, who always come up with this cool inventive stuff, um, even with little, little subtle tweaks. Um, Chris Peach up top, he, he knows how to paint to like a tabletop quality standard, like a little bit above that, like in no time at all. Most of those units took under one week to paint per per unit not just model. per unit per per unit yeah huh. it's insane oh it's it's absolutely insane so and yeah. was there any efficiency tricks you picked up from chris like in um everyone's yeah here and there um i can't pick, like pick which ones off the top of my head because my painting style has evolved so much since then but um he he was really good at just like yeah i, I kind of did this and i'm like i think i should put some wood what else had that looks nice. And then I'm uh yeah, I'm gonna spray them white, gonna do some blue wash in the recesses, pick up the faces, the gold, and uh, do the bases and they're done. And I'm like <laughs> You mean it's that e like what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that that, that the general and the griffin, yeah, he took a week by himself, but once you once you just do the recess shading on the feathers and pick out some stuff, it's easy. Um he, he used to be, I believe, the head of the army painter studio. So he he knows his way around painting an art, a battlefield, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And um, Nick Baton, uh, him and I go back and forth uh, every other day. It feels like talking about stuff. Um, I use these in particular because it's AOS appropriate, but uh, really his love is Ultramarines, and he does some crazy stuff with his Ultramarines. Mm -hmm. um, so, someone to point yeah. SJ at, in other words, uh, SJ Arcade from chat. He's a he's a big Smurf mm -hmm. fan. Um, yeah. Uh, it's okay. I haven't disowned you. I still love you, SJ. Um, so, so you you drew inspiration from both uh, like an appreciative level, like looking at like, hey, these are people I like, coaching, but yeah. then also peer group. Do you think that that was like necessary? I'm not just gonna say useful, helpful. Do you think that was necessary yeah. in completing your project? Um, so there are certain things where it's like um, I wanted to figure out like, well, what are the people that inspire me doing that could help me paint a better army like create a better presentation and um it was like use more vibrant colors um do wild uh, more wild but also more subtle conversions like you want to make sure that um as people get into like looking at your army say at a convention or for a display the longer their eye lingers on stuff the more they're going to find um but you should also not be afraid here and there to go really wacky um and it was like stuff that was just things that started to appear over and over again and it's like maybe i should try and do that like um my cities of sigmar army like before cities of sigmar was a thing um i had too many colors fighting each other on all of the models and they didn't really work the stormcast um the bases were all really cool but the army had like no conversions it really felt like I couldn't, didn't quite get my own stamp on them. I was associated with really being cool with Stormcast and like painting them well, but they didn't really feel like my own. Um, with the undead, um, I I got down the narrative stuff, but they don't really have a cohesive color scheme. 
a lot of rust, a lot of natural colors. They look almost uh, too dull because I, I went through all of the trouble of making the weathering look nice, but they they don't really stand out properly. And I mean, I also took them only to one event and stuff. I barely have even now a full-on Dead Army anymore. So I didn't want to make those mistakes again. I wanted to try and kind of reset and was, say, well, if I... Yeah. I mean, just real quick, identifying your mistakes in a manner that's not sort of defeatist, or I think everyone yeah. is critical of themselves. But to be mm-hmm. cr- critical in a manner that you can learn from is very difficult. It was, yes. was there anything where you're like, like you didn't feel the defeatist vibe from those mistakes you made and you were able to build on it. Was there anything that like went off in your head? Was there a friend that said something to you? Was there, yeah. How did um, you, well, how did I mean, you, how'd you talk- defeat the defeatism, right? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk- talking to Vince a lot really helped getting a lot of, um, and I, and I give this advice to people in general, seek um, very specific feedback. You have to be able to analyze what you think needs improvement and pro- and provide that language to people who, not only um, you're confident are capable of being teachers, but also are experts in the thing you're trying to improve. So if my um, issues were color theory uh, presentation mm-hmm. and um, standing out, I need to seek out the people or take notes from people who are good at presentation, color theory, and painting technique. Um, so I did talk to Vince a lot. Um, I have the luxury of being able to talk to Vince on a regular basis. Um, and I really do appreciate him day in and day out. Like to the point being where um, for um, the, the Rantathon, I chose the boring option and asked him to paint one of my elves um, for the sole purpose of learning from him. So the next batches of elf units that I paint will learn from how he painted my army in my color scheme. I threw in the package with him, um, a printout of the steps I do, knowing that he won't mostly keep to them. And I, t- I asked him, if you deviate from this in any number of ways, please just take notes, scribble on it, put it back in the box, send it back to me, because I'd love to learn from that process. Uh, and it's it's just a matter of... Um, I, my, my golden rule is the first step towards improvement is wanting to. And so I don't really have that defeatist mentality because I already know what could have been improved upon with those other projects. Mm -hmm. And I want to apply that knowledge to this. So you think I did. Would would you say that there's like a a sort of a humility that you, you got to have? Oh, oh, absolutely. Like, um, like, like people Uh, who think they're already at the top of the the mountain are going to have a hard time. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of that. Oh yeah. Like I struggled with that big time because um people think especially around here in new jersey um like i was at summer slaughter this past weekend and people would not stop pulling me aside talking about my army asking if i did commissions someone wanted to give me money and it's like what if i gave you this much money to paint an army for me what would you say as a hypothetical i said i would tell you to buy a new car um (laughs) and i was like because i don't want to yeah i only want to yeah that's the other thing. It's like I only ever wanted to work on passion projects. Yeah. I already have a job I like. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to refill my water in a little bit. Uh, and so it's like I, I, wanna, I want to get this right. 
And knowing that I want to get this right requires an understanding of where I faltered in the past and going and finding those solutions. Yeah. It's like, Vince, how do I use color theory better? How do I do brush control better? Um, Louise, how do I punch up my saturation? Uh, Nick, Chris, uh, how, what inspires you to make these grand displays seemingly without forethought or effort? You just do it. What is in your mind? What's what's going on in there? Yeah. And that just becomes that gestalt sort of notes and feedback that I use to apply for the elves. Well, I, I feel like if you if you you ask, you know, ten out of ten people with like a passion project like this, they're all gonna give you a little bit of a different answer on like Absolutely. What, what I said like I was try- the was the anchor or whatever. Like the, it, what's interesting to me is the the gestalt approach. Because I'm like, like I usually get inspired by like when I, I, writing's the best analog I have for this, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to use writing. Um, I will get obsessed with an idea, like I will get yeah. obsessed with like almost a singular idea. Um, uh, I don't see anyone who's gonna play my vampire game here in chat. The story I have been wanting to tell for the last three or four years is one of. Like, I'm gonna turn off my camera while I get phone. So, my, get sounds water. Good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um. I'm still here, by no, the no, way. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, the story I, I've wanted to tell, I've been obsessed with for the last few years, is this sort of cyclical, uh, like, story of the darker half. This, this. What do you mean by the darker half? So, like, basically that every person is simultaneously the best and worst version of themselves. Every one okay. of us at all times is is simultaneously our best and worst version, and in spite of ourselves, that bad part can drive us in positive ways if we don't let it. Like the the sort of dark and the light, the people who know how to, like where to shine the light the best often do that because they've spent the most time in the dark, and so if you have the ability to sort of fight back the dark in, inside, you can right. do something with it. But I'm a very... So what I'm, what I'm hearing from that, and I understand as like a writer myself, maybe because I'm more art-driven, and, you'll, and I think that's like art history is something that drives me a lot. Like you'll see in the other art cards as we go through the rest of the presentation, a lot of photographs or references from paintings available at the Met. And for me, it's like, this is a visual medium. We're telling a story with miniatures that we put on the table. And, uh, hold on, I'm just putting the computer down. There we go. So your darker half or, or better half, what does that look like? How do you visualize that? Um, and it's okay if you don't have an answer. I'm, 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 no, for um, me specifically, I mean, it's a literal, for me, there's a literal interpretation of it. The story I'm writing has, <laughs> is very, uh, Jungian, very, um, out there. Um, okay. <clears throat> like what, how I've tra- because my brain is like a, is like an amplifier to like the mundane. I just, anything normal becomes abnormal in my head. Um, I always take things to 11. I always weird them out. 
if I can get personal for a minute, when I was driving sure. down to, to North Carolina for my mom's funeral eight years ago, um, we had my son who was just born. He was three months old, four months old at the time. Um, like my mom, my mom, Pat, I live in, everyone knows Wisconsin for the most mm-hmm. part. You can put the, put the clues together. It's about a 16 hour drive. Um, yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of that entire experience. Like the whole thing. I was there for a week and came back two days late from what I was supposed to take off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have this very vivid, like, what I can only describe as a hallucination of, as I drove back down to North Carolina, my son was technically sitting in the car carrier, and I spent most of the time sitting in the back seat on the way down because I caught a ride with my with my aunt. Um, and I would look over and where my son was supposed to be sitting. I saw this little, like, scabby need, emaciated me instead Mm -hmm. just sitting beside me and every hour we got closer to north carolina this scabby need abused version of me that i had taken like from myself and literally locked off and jettisoned from my body so that i could cope and become an adult every mile i got closer this thing got closer to me until finally we were just the same person. And when I came back from North Carolina, I came back with a darkness in me that had always been there, but it was out. It was, I, I've always, I have never been a happy person. Like I'm just not a guy that I don't wake up happy. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, 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 I've never been, that person i've never i've always been a bit of an edgelord i've always been the goth the you know i've always been like that but this was take the kid who was currently being like abused or or not the kid but like like the the teenager that i was was in abusive situations was had an alcoholic uncle that kicked the crap out of him and worse like and that kid was worse like he that what he had seen and what he had been through was was worse and it had fucked him up and then he was stuck in me all the barriers were down everything was gone and when i when i got back from north carolina my anger was out of quite frankly out of control i started that's when my drinking started to get out of control like I, and and you try and and you try and use this um this emotion this pain to sometimes try and fuel your writing the inspiration for your artwork yeah I I I, so I, I, I may not be able to um, empathize with that because I do not have a similar experience but I do understand what like if that if that's what drives your artwork then I've, then go I, for I've it I've always yeah. had a like the thing I've always had various driving forces and stuff like that to my art I I'll get obsessed mm-hmm. with the idea of what if a uh what if there's a story told of a guy psychoanalyzing uh, a patient and as the psychoanalysis unfolds you find out that they're actually they are the one being analyzed and it's actually them sure. externalizing their uh externalizing like this horrible trauma and then they like you know and this story ends in murder and 
You know, yeah. That was I a guess, story. I I wrote, guess, that was a story yeah. I wrote called "The Patient," and I wrote that before the situation with my kid. I wrote a I wrote a story called "Flat Tire" about a guy getting into a car accident and then like murdering. I, I guess like not just um, the person who got into the accident, but like every like some bystanders and stuff. Like I wrote very violent, like very Chuck Palahniuk meets. Cormac McCarthy meets like Stephen King sort of like just visceral angry uh cerebral type stuff and uh no I I I um I've been trying to find an answer to your question if there was a singular inspiration um I did go back to the design ethics of two things um, one, uh, my favorite Lord of the Rings movie is not any of the Lord of the Rings movies. It is the behind the scenes for making Lord of the Rings. Um, I, I bought like the 4k Blu-ray so I could watch that in the best quality of, available. Um, and it was a mixture of that and, um, a lot of essays on the Ghibli films. And for me, it's, it's this whole ethos of, um, I find what's most interesting is the, the, these living worlds that people create where they have to um, build out such detail as to frame the drama of the stories um, with such uh, tactile believability. It could be as wild as Aragon or Spirited Away, where really we don't even know the full extent of the rules of these settings, mm -hmm. but they are so fleshed out as to provide almost their own escapism, even if it's not escapist literature. Spirited Away is not an escapist script. It is, it's almost like Alice in Wonderland. It's forcing this, this little girl to grow up. Um, well, that's, that's and, every and, Studio Ghibli right. film. Like, it's a well, little girl Sure, grows up sure. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to lose the thread in any one subject, but it's like, you, you, you talk about having this, this, this pain and trying to either work it out or well, analyze it through your This fiction. caused one story. Yeah. This this experience yeah. has become externalized as this one story I've been trying to write now for a little bit about like mm -hmm. sort of like infinite mirrors and uh, this darker half and uh, so there's like this whole like sort of mirror verse in it where yeah like you, you, it's it's again it's a very Jungian story where where essentially like uh, through a different lens you become a different person and like it's it's a a very a very transformative story that i'm writing it's it's a horror story but it's i, I like I, I like horror that comes yeah. from a place of empathy not horror that comes from a place of malice like, sure an annihilation is the best possible exa example i have of 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 this where it is a story about pain and how pain yeah. changes you no matter what happens but not only does pain change you it ripples out from you and your pain resonates with everyone around you until everybody is different and everyone has changed and you said you you sound like you want to be a cathalar <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah so so but annihilation is but it's a very sympathetic story once you like no i i i get that so, and yeah. and um my mine i guess comes from wanting to create these worlds so believable that um, the miniatures that I create almost feel like they are a snapshot from a real place and time in the setting that we all enjoy. Mm -hmm. Something that I have fabricated in a way that is so um, cohesive. It almost feels like it could have come out of one of Games Workshop stories, only it's influenced by so much more and enhanced by 
the wider um, library of source material and work ethic that allowed me to create it. Right. Um, so we have up uh, the first panel. Like, I, I don't mean to transition away from so so lightly. The um, your your. Um, I I want everyone to uh, like ch chat gang. You're you're awesome. Dropping a thousand RDP. Remind everyone chat gang's not nothing to mess with. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord well with the internet hug. Uh, I'm. I think I'm finally through it. The, my little whatever my dark transformation was that how I think. I, I like hitting rock bottom is liberating, you know, type type feeling. Like I didn't hit rock bottom. I had so much deeper I could have went. Um, All right. And I was always aware that like, but like I corrected the tailspin. Like I I feel like I've corrected the tailspin now, and it took me a long time, and it took me a lot of friends and a a, a lot of late nights and a lot of stuff. So I, it's it's I'm fine. You're not. It's not dismissive. We're good. Yeah. Negative. No. No. I. I um... I I know you know that it's just I don't want to make it feel Deletes. like we're 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 hard turning here. And yeah, it's like yeah, no, it's I'm not used to getting asked questions about my own process on my own show. <laughs> so, hey, that's what I it's 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 a lot a lot of what comes from um, empathy in art, and it's also inquisitive. Like that's one of the things I think I I I try and emphasize. Like never be afraid to ask people that you know come from a very different background, and sometimes just like like pick any like like truly like innovative imaginative artist out there someone that you revere and go up to them and it's like ask questions just like i would like to know how you did this um because even though if we don't even work in the same medium like i'm trying i'm uh doesn't matter who it is i would like to apply how you made this great thing towards my own work ethic yeah and i think that's kind of how i've gotten to where i am right now um, going back to my pin tweet, um, seven years ago, um, I painted uh, closer to shit than good. It wasn't terrible, but you can see the transition even from one year to the next of like even um, from 2017 to 2018. I had the same stormcast, same two, like same color scheme, but they look like they were painted by two different people. Right. And that's because I kept looking for that feedback. Um, can we go back to the armor thing for a yeah, second? Yeah, 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 we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, going through all of these, this library of documentation of like what I consider to be Bibles and going back to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which I'm lucky enough to live within um, about 100 miles of. Um, one day I will actually pay for a regular membership. I really should. Uh, you get so many perks out of it. Um uh, Vince definitely was an inspiration because one day, like I said, I wanted to do a red army and I, you see his slaves to darkness. And I was like that. I want to do that. Um, that's where I saw, that's where I saw Edward Munch's uh, the succubus, I believe it's called. Um, was that the Met? Like I, I uh, yes, yes. That painting. Yeah. I, I tend not to remember um, because I'm boring and I look at the technique sometimes more than what the art is supposed to be evocative of, particularly that, the portraiture. That was the like my Ed, the yeah. the peak Edvard Munch, H.R. Geiger, like surrealist uh, mm -hmm. meets meets bio horror phase for me, where I was just obsessed with like uh, basically like you know like the stuff that would make David Lynch proud, like you know just like the oh absolutely weird, like yeah. Go, um, on, go on, go on. So I I, yeah, I looked a, for it like I looked for I'm like I like there's oh, yeah. an advert there, there's here people like, I'm going to go your favorite... find that like you know you know people ask me what's my favorite painting of the Met and I can't tell them uh, because it's it's I appreciate 
the artistry more than the art, which I think is the main thing about the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes stuff where it's like, all right, we want to adapt Lord of the Rings to film. We want to do it right. How do we do it? And you see the base, the, the town that, it, that, that rises up out of mud and rocky shores in New Zealand to create all of this stuff. And, and they didn't just like fly by the seat of their pants in every regard. They had years of pre-production concepting and stuff. And it's like, I wanted that to kind of show. So you, you really wanted the, you really wanted this to be real. You wanted this right. army to, to live and breathe and be Absolutely. rooted in like in reality, you wanted to, to show that, that a texture that looked like, Armor right. That you know, yes. like you really wanted to. You yeah, were actually so we have, you weren't just painting an army. You were building. You were world building. In, in right. Sense. And I really, I really wanted to do, especially in a homebrew like this, where it's like I, I really want to make sure that every aspect it almost in, in, infers this wider uh, cultural inheritance, something that extends beyond the edges of the frame. Um. So, like with the armor, it's like I, I knew I wanted to capture this thing that Elrond was wearing. Um. This the samurai stuff. And Vince kind of nailed it for me, and that's how I applied that. Can we go to the next one, please? Yeah. Here's where we can talk a little bit more about what do we want our elves to look like. Um, There's my guy. Yes. <laughs> um, so, like, it technically it started, like, there was a picture up in the game's workshop in the Cherry Hill Mall, and I was like, what? I my brain has this image of a, a very edgy-looking elf with white hair. Where do I remember it from? And it took me years until, like, thank you, Google. Um, it's actually from a book called Gilead's Blood. I'm not sure if it's a vampire or not, like an elf vampire, or I don't. No, the it looks like... awesome. I, I don't, like, I want to yeah. read this. I've never read this. It's a Dan Abnett book, too, so it's, you know, it's good. Um, huh. And uh, the as, as far back as some of my inspirations go, of a very clear inspiration for me was also the Witcher games uh, because they also had this approach of this tactile naturalism because part of the Witcher lore is like based on like the Polish interpretations of all of these European cultures. Um, and they had this very Italian Renaissance vibe to their high elves, regardless of how little they are actually in the game. Um, like that main art that I, I have in the bottom left is like the main art. When you look up, um, they're called the NL um that image comes up and not much else. Um, but that was all I needed to kind of like infer the vibe I wanted. Uh, plus Prince Nuada, plus Elder Scrolls. I can only fit four of these on here to make it sort of cohesive. But I really liked how Elder Scrolls depicts like their elves as well. I didn't want them to look like um, someone put ear makeup on a guy, like a, a person. Um, part of, if you want to call it like, my neighborhood lore. I was only the only ever high off player. Almost everyone else in my gaming group either plays um, undead, um, a form of chaos, a form of orcs, or dwarves. And there's just the one dwarf guy. So I wanted them to reflect that they don't really live in like a nice part of town, as it were, That's in the grand. So, so you you yeah. drew from actually like your real surrounding like your neighborhoods that you're like yeah no if this is what my army's fighting all the time they're in a part of the mortal right. realms that's like brutal yes <laughs> that's actually really and funny. yeah um and as we'll get into kind of like the lore just just to be very brief about it um there's the question like not all armies in the game 
um, represent state powers or um, na- like uh, you need to do something. Uh, no, Molly's here. Keep talking. Okay. Keep talking. Oh yeah, my water break. Your break. Um, talking to the audience. Um, so those who are like keen about like Warhammer factions, um, not every army represents like the nation or or governing body of their faction like gloom spite like most just uh, destruction armies um uh death armies for example don't really there is there is no um like um i was about to say like for bone reapers for example bone reapers is probably a bad example but like um i guess in order like there are the cities of sigmar there are the fire slayer like holds hey we have Olfenkarn um, now like yes, d- we there, find, there we, you go. we've got and we've got Asia. Like we we got right. they they've started to populate the world a little bit. But the thing I love about it's, AOS it's is more it's, than it's just the it, Grand Empire of Nagash. Yeah, it sits at this crossroads. That's what I love about this is it sits at the crossroads of of the kind of meta details you can gravitate towards and be like, okay, cool, yeah. and get inspired by. But there's so much blank canvas where you can populate the world with your take. Right on these things that inspire you. That is one of the things I absolutely adore about Age of Sigmar. I, I I feel like they could write lore for as long as they've written World That Was lore. What, 30, 30 year, odd years or whatever it would be? Yeah. Like, and they still wouldn't fill up the canvas. Whereas with with the World That Was, it felt like they had filled up the canvas. You know? Oh, yeah. And I'm just trying to emphasize that my army is its own self-contained like organization. It yeah. does not. Uh... Are you, Are you ready for the next cell? Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Um, I have to now wait to see which one it is because um, it's delayed by about ten and twelve seconds. Um. Oh, here we go. Uh. So just as a quick uh, recap on this one. Um, not only am I, uh, inspired by popular culture in terms of like video games and stuff, like we have a character, like I just, I was sourced by this idea of, of the character from the Elder Scrolls online. I've never played a, a, a minute of Elder Scrolls online, but I really love all the trailers and how they, they, they bring to life all the stuff from those, um, from those games and the character that's in the trailers, but not actually in the game. Um, I tried to bring her to life in the form of a character back in the day. This is what she used to look like. And now she looks like uh, what you see on the screen on the bottom right. Um, transformed a little bit by my hobby ability, as well as just like the story getting a little more mature, a little darker. Um, but then we also have uh, something as simple as the Terracotta Warriors, which I really tried to have as a prime inspiration for my Stormcast, like halfway through like the two-year sort of cycle that I was on them for. Um, which didn't quite work out um, because uh, plate armor is a very Western European thing. An army covered in plate armor does not well take the color scheme of the Terracotta Warriors because their uniforms were mostly um, gambeson, wool, and lamellar plates. Doesn't really doesn't really mesh together. Um, but I was able to take like the terracotta texture that um, is present on the terracotta warriors and uh, transplant it to Avalonor's spirit mask. Um, now the lore for the elemental spirits isn't quite clear, um, probably on purpose and for the best. Um, and I just had this idea that it doesn't actually speak. 
So I was okay with making the spirit mask all one color. It's all one type of very ancient stone. And you can almost see in this picture, granted, it's very zoomed out, that it's supposed to be ancient. This mask could be over a thousand years old. It's covered in scratches and dirt and everything like that. It's going while white, maintaining... at, white at the tips, right? Like Yes. Um, and while maintaining this kind of saturated, because um, uh, terracotta under certain lights does have like this jade green uh, color. It's not reflective. It's very matte, but... Um, uh, it, it really does have this uh, this unique look, which I wanted to replicate. And I guess the, the sort of headcanon is uh, they summon Avalonor to battle. They just have the mask. They put the mask on the ground. Uh, the Stone Mage prays um, and across the realms and, Aval and like this body of light appears, almost like Final Fantasy, Eidolon style, and Avalonor comes up. Um, yeah. Uh, oh. oh, that's what you were typing. Yeah. Responding to Hades, uh, there, the game really turned up the racism. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wouldn't say turned up the racism so much as um, didn't bother to tone it down any sort of cultural stereotypes from Europe. Right. Yeah, I don't. They, they, they just like were making an XP for um, British interpretations or Euro European interpretations of the rest of the world mixed with Tolkien stuff, and um, with the comedy. Like that's inherent in Warhammer, I would say it kind of worked, but it really had its limits that we have now shed the chains of, and then some. Uh, yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. So uh, next one. Um, now we're getting a little bit more into the weeds in terms of me really thinking about the characters I wanted to do. Um, the Cathalor I chose as an example. It's because um, I put in a lot of thought in a very short period of time. Uh, because I saw the Slanesh model, uh, the Shard Speaker, and I was like, I love that costume so much. It's such a good I want model. To I want to turn this into one of my characters. And so I went back, I found um, this art, like this Italian art, uh, literally like the, prim the Primavera painting. Um, and as I was looking, and then I found an alternate art color uh, thing from The Witcher 3, um, and to me, that's not only does it, it not only does it fit the character, like that the 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 cloak is open in the same way, um, but it's also this this it this elf well, you can, interpretation. You can of the see Renaissance. the 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 green and the gold actually show up in your model too, which is what's cool here. Yes, I wanted to make sure that like I, I kind of transplanted it one for one to an extent um, with like how the vines work and everything like that, and it was like I really like that. And then you see it put to practice um, in the final model um, of of just trying to have my own thing with like the Hellboy skin with the the hair and the yellow eyes and the the lips uh, mixed with this very um, I, I I like the juxtaposition I've come up with where you have these almost alien ethereal type of like uh, elves like they they don't look human. But then they wear these textiles, which are right out of the Renaissance. Um, all of the uses of the oranges, the golds, the blues. Um, so you almost have a high fantasy race wearing low fantasy to historical clothing. Hmm. And I knew if I was going to give them more traditional skin tones, it would look almost too close to the old world. It wouldn't look creative enough. I don't think it would look ev evocative enough. It would look fine. It would look very nice. But... Um, oh, what happened it's now? chat keep going no you're fine okay man. no i i see i see the chat yeah. is the oh, show within okay. the show you have to understand like we, yes. we uh so not only do we we stay on uh 
I don't rem- remember all the things we stand Jennifer. around. Jennifer. Jennifer and Triss. But we stand redheads around these parts. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's a there's a very evil sort of like master of the shadows type. Uh, she's a primogen in in the uh, the the Toriador primogen. Uh, some of you play vampires are gonna know what this means. But basically, one of the leaders of one of the clans. Mm. Yeah, over your head. Uh, <laughs> she's she's yeah. grand machinations, Machiavellian. Right, like, but if you explain it to me, I'll understand that it's, yeah. it's just more like when you, when you say the names. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. uh, Toriador oh. are the art obsessed ones. They're the ones closest to being. Gotcha. They're the vampires closest to being human. Uh, okay. And they they re- maintain their guise of humanity through their connection to art and culture. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of other vampires think it's all an act and like how still human they are is gotcha. all all bullshit yeah. and blah blah blah, but um, uh, but like our our st which is storyteller or your GM equivalent uh shared sure. like images of all the primogens and the one who I saw the image before I connected the name because I saw the pictures so I got the pictures and then like we're playing the game and like okay yeah Freya's doing this and Freya's doing that and then like I look over I'm like wait oh Freya's the redhead. Now, now, let's hear her out. Like, I just like, immediately, like, like she's supposed now, to be yes. this, like, evil character. And, like, she's... And, I, and I actually have clear. a plot right now to let her seduce me, basically, so that, like, I could get more information. I'm like, like, I'm like, look, we know what this is. You're trying to take over the knights, and I don't care if you take over the knights. I'm just trying to stop this other thing. So, like, you can use me if you want. And, like, a, a whole plot is... All because I have a weakness. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear to the chat, um, um, I have written my own lore for a lot of these characters. When I borrow specific themes, like this is not supposed to be a tricks XB. I liked her costume. And I said, I'm going to use that costume. And even then I, I, I modified it a little more because I'm Triss, as far as I understand, it does not wear Rita Repulsa shoulders on her armor in the game. Um, her one great failing yeah um. <laughs> uh, anyway I, th- I think we're coming down to like because I uh, no no there's there's still a few more well uh, Del- Delmaris Castetes like, yeah. uh, right so this is your yeah yeah that's that's my uh, yeah uh, Tolkien pronunciations aside I, d- I do have like um, a lot of people I, I think have this book um, it's somewhere over there because it's two dollars on Amazon and it's on a lot of people's like recommendations it's like how to um, it's Tolkien's dictionary you can you can basically look up English words and then it. I have it, named many many character after Tolkien's like elder dictionary. So it's it's a little red book, like not to be confused with the other little red books. Um, this one has uh, Elvish in it as compared to the other red books, uh, which makes it cooler. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and so like um, now we're getting into why I really go to the Met. I I I started specifically for this project. I started looking through catalogs of these Italian Renaissance paintings. Since um, I had this idea when the Stone Mage, like when I was making the Stone Mage as like the main hero for my army last summer, I wanted all of his textiles to be taken from um, Renaissance art. And so you see me zooming in, and it's like I like that um almost greenish like the 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 green tinted cream i like that, that saturated orange and such and you just start to see it um like populate in different color schemes and i tried to make these custom textures and, and things it's on my well, you, painting document you've even got yeah. mud in here on the on the robes here yeah. uh, that that is also a part of like the lord of the Rings style uh 
uh, like you make it real. Like these, even though these are elves, um, they would get all of this. Like I wanted a believable amount of dirt rooting them in the 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 places they walk, the adventures they go on. Um, like even when we get to the Dawn Riders, like they would get off their horses and there'd be boot on, there would be mud on like their their riding boots to an extent because they would actually get off and walk around and stuff like that. I, I wanted to account for those details in some way to give people just like this this um, the all of these hooks for their imagination to imagine what they do. These aren't just game pieces. These are expressions of the world I'm building and presenting for people. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Even elves walk to battle. Um, yes, and sometimes uh, walking there takes you through some really muddy places. It's not It's not great. Um, and it does contrast with, like, when I have all of these um, uh, these saturated reds and blues and whites on, on them, but then we get into all of the earth and, and moss, like the... Um, not this one, but the next one after that, when we talk about the scenery, it, like, it really serves to bring everything together. Um, now we're getting into some of the house colors. Um, there are four sub-factions within my army, which I don't really have the capacity to talk about with all of the images in, in this yeah, presentation. Yeah. yeah, but one of them uses this green color, which I really appreciated. Took me a few times to get right, um, even on this model which is why you can see some of the stitching is really just me not having painted over some of the brighter green well enough. Um, yeah, not LRL. We fly on giant rocks into the reel of death to beat up some statues. I, I, but I get, I get where he's coming from. Um, yeah, ah, here we the go. The realm of death to beat up statues. Yes, yes. Um, so one of my inspirations for the scenery, which I tried to replicate for a long time and failed, like I tried this first with the Stormcast and didn't work out, um, but now I think I've, na I've nailed it here. Um, so we have Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus was really, uh, 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 I have never played it. I have always seen art of it. I have some of the art books. Um, when the remake came out, I, I, uh, I like there's just some trailers and stuff where you can just freeze frame it in, in 1080p and just start taking color swatches and everything. Looking at the, um, it's it almost looked mes it, it it at first glance it looks Mesoamerican because it's the same uh, uh, I think latitude is is the word. It's long longitude and latitude. It's long the... is long. Latitude is long. Oh, okay, the same same longitude as like Central America, but like South Asia, South Southeast Asia, like Cambodia, like all, all of the scenery from like Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Thailand, etc., um, just baked into that game. And um, there's this ethos in Lord of the Rings when they were building the sets, especially in Fellowship of the Ring. There's this whole thing where um, just layers upon layers of civilization are built on top of each other. Like um, the realms of men and the outposts of the elves are built on the remnants of lost Luminor, a Numenor, which is kind of like their equivalent of Rome. And it's like you're, you're building civilizations which have already endured for hundreds of years upon the bones of societies which just no longer exist. And all of the stuff is out in the open and just um, being eroded over time and just kind of like slowly but surely being lost to history. And 
I like this idea, especially for how the setting is built for the mortal realms. You have stuff even in the realm of Heish, where it's like the elves might not have been the first people to um, make like make uh, civilizations in certain hinterlands. So you can have all of this stuff just uh, layers of different civilization uh, create this more robust sense of setting. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even in this picture from Fellowship of the Ring, they're standing next to a piece of a statue, which is, like, dozens of feet tall. It probably belonged to something as tall as the Argonaths. You know, the two the two statues with the hands out of Isildur and Elendil, which have been there for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to recreate that in the bases, which you can see highlighted on the Dawn Riders. Yeah, this is really cool. I think you even pulled some colors down onto the bases from from your. Yeah, it's uh four different uh, moss colored paints and like spattering the leaves and everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the next one? Uh, we got dark souls shields and. Uh, oh yeah, this is just place. like some some smaller details, like just trying to rent. Like, um, I wanted to incorporate dark souls in some capacity because I really like how dark souls treats its more historical or at least toned down to costumes. Because you know it gets well into like berserk style dark fantasy anime territory. Yeah, I I, I too can't wait for Elden Ring. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll buy it. I'll play it. Oh, um, my body is ready. It'll, it'll take me longer than ever, anyone else because I'm not particularly good at those types of games, but I won't stop me. It's, I'll play it, it. It's worth experiencing the worlds. The, oh, the intricacies. I've played all. I've played all the Dark Souls games. I know. It's it's just like. Um, uh, I, but we'll see. Yeah, I I hope they draw a little. They draw a little bit more Bloodborne than Dark Souls. Bloodborne has the for for my money just the more satisfying combat. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was just like I tried to borrow again from Lord of the Rings to make the the, the mithril weapons. Like I see this as um, an, almost an extension of like the pastiche that we have from. See, your anchoring yeah. point has been Lord. Seems of the to Rings. be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, has task. Yes, because that was where I think we got um, like low fantasy elves, right? And I think that was probably a little bit of it uh, for me. Like if if Lord of the Rings was more elves were more italian flavored I, and by that i mean like medieval renaissance italy not like yeah. hey yeah yeah not jersey but like yeah. right um and here's just a quick summary of like all of the color tests i did last year waiting for the kits mm-hmm. like we have the skin tones we have like this weird kit bash i made um and then we have like the figure where you can clearly see it's like all right i got i think i know what i'm doing no that doesn't work all right, here we go. This is what I want to do. Uh, what would a Jersey army look like, and what faction would it be? Um, it would probably be uh, Necromunda. It would probably be um, a Sopranos or Italian mafiosa-themed Necromunda gang. Um, I, I, maybe House Orlock. That's the best I got. Um, and then just paint them like Pisans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have some of the Cathalar stuff here. So you, you're of Italian descent, so you can say this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't put the accent on. I'm a little too tired for that. Um, yeah. And it's unnecessary. We're talking about uh, elves here. If yeah. we wanted to talk about um, my games at Summer Slaughter, we'd be like, oh, this, this game three, I don't know what the fuck I'm telling you. 
Um, <laughs> all right, I did it. I did it, everybody. Yeah. We, can, we can go home yeah. now. Yeah, we're good. Um, so I was lucky enough at Summer Slaughter to have some of my army to professionally photographed. Um, if you zoom in a little bit, well, it doesn't need to be zoomed in, but like you can like see the stuff on the Cathalar. I built her a big scenic base because I wanted to. Character like hers normally has like a reserved, like it's just her costume. Like, um, so I built up her base. Um, you can see a little bit of like her using the environment around her. Mm-hmm. You see the smoke um, like actually this... bubbling up. Yeah, that's actually the Cathalar bit. And there's a little skeleton of the cairn, and he's just holding like this basin, and she's using the environment literally, like the, 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 um, um, using the the weight of ages of different like who knows how long that skeleton and that bowl have been there um she probably doesn't know either but she's going to make use of the tools at her disposal and right. she's using the the place of power as it were yeah. to enhance her own strength um it elevates the figure above the rest of the troops uh to compensate for her kind of reserved costume um it gives us a little bit of a wider look into the world that I'm kind of creating with the bases. And it's a cool OSL effect, which will get me points for judges. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yeah. And there's like some work in progress photos that we could just like quickly go through and like the art that I had commissioned of her. And I kind of like the hair on the, uh, yeah, this is by a friend of mine, Polina. And you can see here, like gets a very good, uh, sorry. Yeah. And this was where I had to, I wear cut resistant gloves and started to shave away the veil on the face. Yeah. Oh, so you, yeah. you actually like shaved down the veil because uh, it would have been all over there on the on the bottom. Yes. Yeah, I had to, and then I filled it in with plastic putty. Um, the head, the like the the face is from the dark elf dark elf hydra crew, um, one of the 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 beast masters. Mm-hmm. And then I took tree revenant bangs, put those on, and the last photo of the work in progress. Um, Dan. Um, I think he's like master of wyvern husbandry on Twitter. Um, the sculpting guy uh, taught me over the phone how to sculpt that hair, and that was there was a giant gap there, and I think I did a pretty good job. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Boom. Um, oh, power yep. pose. <laughs> pure. Absolutely. Animu. Pure animu. Uh, um, here we go with Avalonor. I love. Um, do you have any questions about Avalonor? Because people always are like. I don't even know where to start. Um, I I, I kind of just wanted to do something based vaguely on Chinese pottery, and it got way out of control, um, and it ended up looking fantastic. That was kind of it. <laughs> like you didn't. There was, yeah. He's no, I... a character. For, he's he's a named character. For not only is he a named character, but like he's a force of nature. It's it's like um he's like a Vorlon from Babylon Five. He doesn't really need much tinkering with in terms of fitting his narrative into my army. He's a spirit. It's a mountain spirit. It's the mountain spirit. Uh, and I just, like, I'm going to paint the tabards red to make it match my stuff. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You got the... Yeah, yeah was, like, yeah. It, it, need, it needs no other explanation, really. I, I actually, Not, like, I love the I love the contrast between the, the face and the and the the mountain essentially the mountain itself mm-hmm. it practically frames everything and then drives your eye down because it, it pulls yeah. you in and then it just drives like it it's the mountain is just this unshifting unwavering like 
even like the sort of the the depth yeah. of the intensity of it the was it was um even in the in the the, the the army book it's this red crystal whatever it's supposed to be and i was like i really like that color i'm gonna try and replicate that to an extent yeah. and then i was like well i'm also gonna do green because i like the green terracotta from the terracotta warriors and everything else just kind of fell into place yeah and then i made sure the green is on the hammers too mm-hmm. uh and that was kind of it yeah some aging going on no this is great uh, i love it man i love it yeah, how yeah. the hell did um, you do I... the purple and blue the purple and blue you mean the cl- the clouds yeah. on the armor how the fuck did you oh. do this um so it kind of like just happened on its own it got away from me like um there was this picture on facebook of how to do like a pearlescent effect someone is painting their idol on and it's like six or eight panels like the images they're very low res but like the text is clear it's like do do some pink do some blue go back in with some white uh do a dark blue like a a uh, Drakoff nightshade in the deepest recesses. Um, go over it with gloss varnish, and you're done. And I was like, hmm, maybe I could tinker with that a little bit. And it got out of control um, <laughs> to the point where it. Bro- I had to stop for like most of December, and it's like I I can't. Um, and I asked for some feedback from like my coach and other people. It's like Marty, this looks great. Keep going. I hate to tell you this, but you just got to finish it. It'll look great when it's done. And yeah. like by the middle of February, it was finally. Yeah. Um, so the clouds are sculpted. That's all sculpted into the armor. Like all of the, 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 uh, the, the temple stuff, like the wind in the earth temple. They have um, like this very Chinese sort of cloud pattern sculpted into their armor. I just made sure that every cloud was highlighted to a degree. <laughs> Everyone. Well, this is where the watercolor really the feel of it. Yes, is, is, and, and that's that's what Chinese pottery is. It's a lot of watercolor paint over ceramic. Then they shellac it. Then they fit like. Then they, they bake it again. Yep, they do. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I like that you got the lens flare in here. Uh, like little. Bay, oh yeah, that, that was like when I just job. started playing yeah playing with different images like when i was preparing to show off all of this last week where i started like four days three days i just really just started digging into filters and stuff yeah um and no one and these these pictures hide the fact that it's an um only an 18 inch by 18 inch display board because <laughs> i was oh yeah this this display board is super tiny it's almost too small yeah and i and i could really hide that uh, this this was this um, sitting over here. It was sitting where that green foam board is. You uh, you, you actually... snipped the extra extra uh, tethers on the bow. Yes, I did because I thought they were dumb and they hide the faces. Um, so I just used um, for the sentinels. It's like they switched the to the other no- knobs on there for altered firing positions. That's bullshit. That's not actually like real at all. It's it's kind of just bad design. But I wanted to keep a little bit of it anyway. And that's kind of like how it ended up being. Oh. And so you have this nice frame picture of the Cathalar, like um, ordering all of the archers to fire. Um, I I wanted this thing with the characters where it's like they all have their own mood. They all have their own a little bit of a palette that's unique to themselves, uh-huh. but still can be tied back to the rest of the army. Well, your your red color, basically, your this 
Yes, the crimson, like the the purple to me, but or fuchsia, mag yes. magenta, or whatever it is. I call it crimson because Vince calls it crimson because it was from his crimson armor tutorial. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. Um, it's it's I and mean, a lot of people are like just it's purple or whatever. Um, I mean, we all what yeah. even what I'm seeing right now is going to be different from what you know. Our eyes are weird. Sure. Um. So and the, the the point being is that it's like she's wearing a little bit of it even though she has this turquoise and gold sort of robe right. that no one else has. Yeah. Yeah, I lo I like that you got Rogue here uh showing up, showing out. Uh yes, the the uh the, the lore seeker with the with uh the one the red hair and the uh, one yeah, 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 like yes, Rogue. Uh, uh, I I wanted to throw that in there as like a as a that it happens with certain characters in, in fiction, and it was like, no, I'm going to do that with her too. I actually based her hair on the Hex Girls from Scooby Doo, <laughs> right. which did not work out, which did not work out very well because that's cell shading, and cell shading does not apply well to miniature painting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's her next to the Dawn Riders, or at least some of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, here we go. I know we're going through these pretty quickly now, but like it was mainly like once I just knew what I was going to do for all of these miniatures, it really just started to come together very well. Yeah. Um, these are some of the spearmen. Um, some of them have swan imagery, like like again, Lord of the Rings, but this is also from a video game that I kind of took it from. Uh, this is a good example of very subtle kit bashing because uh, this is the spearmen unit champion. I gave him a different head, Tree Revenant head. Um, instead of a sword, I gave him a spearman's pike, just changed it, how it's held in both hands, uh, put a phoenix guard halberd on top, and that banner is from Witch Elves. Hmm. And I painted it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice, it's, little it's, it's, nice, nice little freehand here with the sort of like almost filigree uh, like look. Yeah, you can see the little bit of a swan on the one side, and you can see the... Um, the Celtic style lacing on the other. Yeah, uh, get wrecked uh, some chaos warrior here. Um <laughs> where there's a chaos warrior helmet right here oh yes yes i did put that on his base yes i i i, I found some old chaos bits and stuff this yeah, there's, is there's gorgeous pro... though uh the arch arch regent or whatever it is this is uh, the lord regent lord yeah. regent sorry this is gorgeous. um another example of less is more um i wanted i wanted a little bit of that dragon imagery like the true like uh targaryen style like um with, uh, I really like the aesthetic um, of uh, it's not in the show it's all in the books and the art of this Anglo-Saxon sort of approach to um, having like you know the dragon faction like design built into the crowns and the, the, the parade armor and I wanted a little bit of that to be in uh the regent costume so i found the old dragon prince head and um i gave him a lance from the dragon kit so it's it's a little bit evocative of that old high elf aesthetic meets the new stuff yeah that's bait that's the, the only real conversion on this model yeah but like you said like less is more here i mean it it, it yeah. sells it um, um here we go katie says question I, I don't know if i want to put them in your metric color schemes because they're all named um, I would, if I was going to do Miari's purifiers, I would, um, I don't like the idea of four different models having four different color schemes because that's my Star Trek brain. 
I like uh, diversity, but we're all wearing the same T-shirt. But that's just my opinion. So I would have them maybe all have a different secondary color. They all have the same armor color, but then they have different pants or capes or different color bags. Um, But like their primary armor color, I think, should be the same across all of them. How's that sound? I love that uh, Ossiark Bone Reapers cheat with that. They really do get yes. to be uniform, like yes, because they would be sculpted. Like you're gonna have like diversity with your heroes, but like the more they are bone terminators. Yeah, they are they are truly bone terminators. Yeah, I, I think I kind of skipped uh, your your sword masters here, but here's the zoomed out picture with Avalon. Yeah, yeah, this this is yeah. We've seen them a few times. I wanted to do the classic sort of um, gray knight style. Come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> no, no, uh, the blue mirror sword, the blue power weapon effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it stands out so much more. Like Vince actually said, I asked him as like to critique my stuff. It's like, why didn't you do this across your entire army? It looks so much better. And it's like, because because it does look better. It stands out like like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it was almost a a, a screw you, uh, to uh. The, the, the right the rules writers because as we know sword sword masters they have sun metal weapons but do not have the sun metal weapons ability yeah so you made mm-hmm. their weapons look even more impressive than regular yes. sun, sun weapons i respect yes. it i respect the hustle yeah. um so we got another image here of, of your dawn right our dawn striders yes this was from uh the day when i when i showed up all the all of the pictures and everything um and uh, I think we can go to the next one, where it was like kind of like the the piece unit, which is oddly the only unit which doesn't have the chrome paint on it yet. Um, there we go. Uh, this was the the kit bash galore. I always have one of these, my ultra indulgent unit. Remember my blood knights? This was their version of the blood knights, where it's like let's take everything, yeah, and yeah. make it. Um, so we have old island of blood stuff. We have phoenix guard stuff. We have dark riders. We have uh, dragon princes. We have, um, oh god, what else is there? Isn't this uh, a what elf, uh, wild rider head back here, or whatever? It is. Uh, no, that's a blood bowl. Yeah, what elf blood bowl team? I was close. Uh, I was close. Wild riders, what elves? Yeah. Come on, I was close. Um, no, yeah, you 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 were pretty close. Um, and then on the far right, we have the dark Eldar Sorges, which is the box to five with the wings. I put the dawn rider head crest on her helmet. Just to make it look a little extra, like in keeping with the army, uh, and you see how much of the blue, like from the the swan. These are supposed to be like swan knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that blue shows through on uh, the whole sort of uh, ensemble? And um, you can see on the bottom left. Um, talk about cultural inheritance there's a bretonia helmet uh, yeah i was i was i was about to ask is that a bretonian helmet there? <laughs> yes it is uh, nice who knows one. how many ages that relic of a lost age has been there and it doesn't even have to be oh it's actually bretonia could be like a knights fought in that spot who happened to look like bretonians right yeah they found bretonian armor and, and then here's the... or no they just they just um their their own cultural sort of um, inherent art design led to them making similar decisions. Right. Yeah. So now here's here the full have... thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is my um, undead board. I still have to make a new a new one for Du Bois and Armies on Parade, which will be like an Italian Rivendell. 
Um, it's going to be intimidating. It is. I'm sorry. It is intimidating. It's going to be a challenge, but I'm up for it. I, I, uh, I like we found your anchor. It was Italian, mm-hmm. Italian uh, Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> if 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 Rivendell was in Tuscany, uh, take me there. Uh, here's the lore master, the only one I don't have art for yet. Uh, she was hard to photograph because she doesn't really have a golden angle, but I think everything's pretty well present presented here. Good weathering on the on the uh, rock she's standing on too. Thank you. A lot of them use the same four moss colors, which can all be found in my. Um, I have an ongoing sort of packet with all my color schemes and everything, like recipes and stuff that people can use. Um, this is where, our, where would they uh, get my that? Lord Ra- Where would they get your your? Packet? Oh, in my Google Drive. If people wanted to get that, I. It is available. I think in the Illuminates Reddit Discord, in like the reference tab. But I could, if anyone just wants it, just message me. I'll link it to them. You could give me, uh, if could you give me the link and I could, I could share it. Sure. In the the notes on this video. Uh, the, yeah. Okay. After the broadcast, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. Um, here is some art of the Lord Regent. Uh, my mother liked this art so much; she had it made into a needlepoint canvas. She's gonna start stitching it as like that's, a wall thing. That's fantastic. Like she made this. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your family's adorable, uh, Martin. Thank you. <laughs> They have been endorsed by many podcasts now. <laughs> the most endorsed uh, f- family of any Warhammer, Warhammer clan. Yeah. Yes, the Orlando clan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not sure what else is left in here because I think we kind of went through a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's 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 clear now that it's like I had this idea of, and there's a close up of the model, um, and there's art of the Stone Mage, which did not make it into. The final army, but um, he is useful at in yeah. That's everything. Yeah. Um, Just gonna. Yeah, I guess. Guess my anchor point. Yeah, was after a fact like the Lord of the Rings and Italian art history or European art history. Right. Yeah. And bringing in those concepts and just making it my own because this is truly uh, uh, an an army which is quintessential to my artistic tastes while being true to the spirit of what Warhammer lore tries to be. I mean, it really was by, by nature putting your imprint on the mortal realms. Like it was what your sensibilities, what inspires you uh, even like that sort of, I mean, you, you said this was, this was the army. This is it. Right. So yes. Oh, and I'm still going to be adding to it. I haven't painted techless yet. I have to paint Teclas at some point. Um, and when they add more, like when they add to this, when they expand it more, um, unless they heavily retcon stuff, which is infringing upon um, or, or chain, forces me to change the rules of my own army's stuff, which I doubt. Uh, like by rules, I mean like the world rules. Like um, my army exists in this part of Zytrek and they do this and this is how they interact with people. I don't think that's going to change. Um, it's going to be like, how do I take the new stuff that comes out and um, adapt it to the world I have created for myself within Warhammer's setting? Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I mean, we went through the whole army. Um, we had a couple of sides besides. Yeah. Um, is there any advice, any great truth you've learned through the lens yeah. of art you'd like to share with anyone? 
Um, I would say I would just hammer on the thing that I've been saying since the beginning. Don't be afraid to ask for feedback. And when I say ask for feedback, um, get really detailed. Be like, specific. Um, be specific. Yes. Get, get, be, be specific. Um, people who are used to giving advice like that, like, say, master painters in our hobby, appreciate when you know your terminology. Like, I'm looking to improve my blending. Not like, how do I make this look better? Because I've gotten that question on my Instagram a lot. Um, like, they'll post a picture, and it's like, how do I make this better? It's like, where do you think you're, you're, you're struggling? <laughs> Try and be specific about um, uh, Don't be afraid to read. And by read, I mean, like, art. Consuming more inspiration. Um, and know the different, and like, like uh, if that's a number two, 2A would be... Um, know what's applicable to the Warhammer in terms of inspiration and which is not. And, like, I didn't want to get into this too much because this could be its own show. We've been running for quite a while now. Uh, the thing where it's like, inspiration, not a Stephen King novel may not be the most appropriate inspiration in terms of, like, trying to get blood from a stone as to create the heraldry and military sort of dress code for a faction in Warhammer. Does that make sense? Disagree. I'm I not... know the point you're trying to make, but I have a thousand ideas right now just on the Dark Tower alone. <laughs> that's 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 fair. Um, no, I know what you're trying to say, though. Like, like Not right. all inspiration is a one-to-one. -one. Like, you, you right. can't... Like, I, it, it helps, I mean, in art, there's actually a term for this, which is like media. You, okay. you want to draw from, from like media initially, and then you can broaden out from there. Um, it's, it's real, Yeah, like, it, uh, I will be taking notes, like, I have to go, I watched The Green Knight last night, and I really appreciated the art design. And I'm going to have to go rewatch it and try and understand what I like about it and maybe apply it, not to my Warhammer stuff, but to, like, might fit my original fiction a little better and understanding how it might be applicable, mm -hmm. even though right now it doesn't seem like it is. Mm -hmm. So I can, I, 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 I understand the rhetoric where it's like, and me, just how my brain works. How does like the mountain of madness or whatever that, whatever that, that, that book, that book that is the movie is called in the mouth of madness or the mountain of madness. Mouth. That what in the mouth of madness, in the mouth of madness, how do I get a color scheme, like just general ballpark from that? And you might be able to answer that question um, off the bat. I do not. And I would just use an advisor. It's like when you're starting, so if you want to like improve the narrative flavor of the army that like is in front of you, the new project that's in front of you. Look for like media if you're looking externally for inspiration. Yeah, I mean it's easy to visual media is easy to help. help you can translate uh, visual media. Yeah. Okay. Specific, specific question. question: What color do you use for a blonde? Um, usually, my answer is I look for a Vince video and I use that because they're great um, <laughs> and they're usually helpful. Um, I forget what he says in the video. And I can just spitball here because it's like he made a video for blonde hair. I think you just 
you do Seraphim Sepia all over, and then you'll get like an ochre, a brown, and an ivory. And you just work with these three colors the entire time. Yeah. And that's the thing about color theory. Um, and I've been asking several times on Twitter that they, um, the new Citadel Masterclass teaches color theory. Because then it's like, any ochre, what color? Talite ochre, uh, cocum copper, doesn't matter. It looks like this. If you have a paint that kind of looks like this, you've picked the right paint. Well, I mean, that, that's, it's not conducive to their selling you a system to sell Correct. you paints. And that's why they Correct. don't do it. But that's yeah, and that's why the master class is a good place for it because that's like their next step, the 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 more advanced we can be a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so brown hair it is. Um <laughs> now don't don't be afraid to do to, to try new stuff. There's another one. General advice, don't be afraid to try new stuff. Yeah. Um to talk about in closing the stuff I'm working on right now. Um so I got back on the skeleton train. I tried object source lighting. Welcome I tried back mood aboard. Lighting. It's a lifetime pass. Uh, once you're once you're down with the Skellington life, uh, you're uh -huh. always welcome back on the train. <laughs> and I tried a sunset light on the armor, which you can kind of see. Like you can see a noticeable more orange, like on the one shoulder and torso. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it doesn't. This half. It's not super strong. And like I did another glow down here. It didn't work out. I'm gonna build another skeleton tomorrow, and prime and paint that. Um. And just until I get it right, and hopefully by next week, um, I have a coaching session with Aaron next week. Um, we'll talk through what I want to do for that, do like another test or two, and then paint the Warcry Warband. And yes, it's a very complex technique, which is very hard to photograph and ask for feedback on, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want to try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, the, the three things. Know how to ask for feedback. And ask for it often. If you want to look for inspiration outside of Warhammer books, look for like media first. Then, if you really want to get into it, you can get in your Stephen King novels. And uh, number three, paint boldly. Yeah, yeah. Never be afraid. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. See, see. Look at me. I I put um I, I put the one color on the on the on the Vargeist, and then I'm going to put yeah. the other color. And once I get it blocked, I'll refine it down and. I, I really wanna if, if if you do another paint stream, I really wanna I wanna um I have this method and Vince has it too where it's like people who are not like not confident about their hobby have shaky hands or um Oh I don't care. That's yeah. that's my yeah, yeah, or or don't care. Um uh it's a foolproof method of getting your army better, like just better painted and the smallest brush you use other than um, rattle can, is the size four. You see the size of that paintbrush? Yeah. See the size of that brush? This is the smallest brush we're using. Uh -huh. Does that sound? Does that sound appeasing? Does that that, that sound I, appetizing? I think so. I think I've got a four here. I've got an eight. <laughs> that's 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 a that's effectively fine, but I've got a four. The here. four is no, no, there's yeah. No four. The, um, what if I told you you could paint an army really well? Not going with any smaller of a brush than this. I mean, I any yeah. I mean, and like I, that's the point. It's like 
we're we're talking about eliminating brush control as a a Concept. gap, like a, a yeah, as as um as a as a skill gatekeeping thing. Like huh. we want. We, Mm-hmm. Well, because I I do we... have my right hand is is fucked. It's it's just the older I get, it's the worse and it is. I broke it when I that's... was I was in my twenties, and it's it was the worst type of break you can basically have from for a hand and recover from without it being totally mangled. Which is uh, I... my metacarpals. Like I actually mm-hmm. broke and, dis- and and dislocated them. The force to be able to do this, your wrist is supposed to break before you do what I did right. in my hand. I. I, I, I'm sorry to hear that, um, <laughs> but the method accounts for that. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, I would call uses, you a madman. <laughs> it uses colored primer or just airbrushing, but really colored primer because people who want to use this method don't need an airbrush. Um, it, it uses colored primer, uh, dry brushing, and applying contrast paint with big brushes to um, cheat your way to having um, miniatures painted to that tabletop standard. But they're going to look a little better than tabletop standard anyway. And it's very quick. Cool. Um, so if you ever want your Bone Reapers to like look better without trying, I have the method for you. Yeah, no, I love this. Yeah, get, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah let's cheat to win. Let's go. Um. All right. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Um, uh, no, I, uh, anything you want to uh, put on blast or shout out to? Yeah, um, a big thank you to um, if you've if you've made it this far in the VOD, uh, Sean Feathered and Jared Nyman for running a wonderful summer slaughter. Um, uh, I guess my Twitter, the CV Consigliere or the Wandering Prince Instagram. If you want to follow my ongoing hobby projects, uh, I've shilled for Vince enough in this episode. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Go watch his stuff. You should and, go watch. Uh, you should go watch the episode on Psychographic Profiles specifically. Uh, I yes. hear it's got a really awesome guest on it. It's really good. It's the the mm-hmm. best episode of Warhammer Weekly to date. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and it's also the first one that comes up when you search for it right now. Until next Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 See, it would be very easy to find. Yeah. No, I did find that very insightful. Um, it was, uh, I was name dropped more often than I think on any other show where I was not present, which I found amusing. Um, I appreciate that I'm on everyone's minds for some reason. Well, in my case, it's, it's a recency bias because I knew I had the show coming up with you and I, I talked to chat gang and, uh, I don't know why the rest of them were like talking about you as much, but. (laughs) Um, probably because I'm always in the, the, the one of the group chats and just, um, not even talking about elves, just like different stuff, and uh, you know, it was it was a very insightful show. Yeah. Um, I, I Lumineth is a little hard for me. I know I don't want this to be a uh, uh, this own. T- I mean, it's worthy of its own talking point, as we talked about on, on elf episodes before. Um, I will play elves because I like elves and I want to win with them, but it is such a Timmy army, yeah, Timmy is the right the word because it's like it asks you to do so many combos even on one scroll. That's Johnny. That's Johnny. Uh, Johnny is is combos. Timmy is like big oh. big stupid crap, quote unquote. Like, oh okay. 
I thought it was the other way around. You got to go watch it again now. You got to watch the whole thing. You failed the I test. You got to go back. Um, so, Absolutely. so, so this is this is Rantcast. Uh, the the last sort of there's the digital soapbox or or anything any final rant you want to get off your chest anything related to Warhammer or not it doesn't need to be related to Warhammer is the final yeah. soapbox. Um, no, there's just one thing I I I didn't really get to mention. I had a little bit of a, a note thing here. Um. I was I'm it was really nice to be able to work on all of all of this stuff. Um I I wish I could have made a movie. I think this probably would have been better as like a show or a movie than a collection of miniatures cuz I walked into it thinking it was supposed to be a movie. And I created all of these characters with kind of like a backstory which informed their costumes and stuff. Um and it was really really fun opportunity to work on it. And now that it's done um I look forward to working on, thankfully, smaller projects. Eighteen months on one project. Eighteen. Yes. Loving, but also painstaking months. Uh, yes, and it wasn't constant. It was on and off, but still, it's like I I now have to paint less elves. Going to paint more in the future, but uh, make a movie then? No, because it'll be bad. <laughs> I'd ra- I'd rather keep making stuff I'm good at. Even if I'm trying new things while doing it, yeah. Or like, or Games Workshop, um, your budget department or whatever. Uh, find me an EP, a director, a director of photography, and a casting director, and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just have a bunch of money to hand me, and then I might consider making a movie, right? Um, and then, I'll, and then I'll maybe talk to people. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh huh. All right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was that was about it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, you put every, you did the blast final soapbox. That's that's it. There is actually a weird loose structure to Rantcast. I've, uh, mm-hmm. it's called the most dangerous intro. Like it's got like names for these little segments. Um, I just try to keep it freeform and fun. But hey, chat gang, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. I'm sorry I was a little. A little more, uh, a little less animate than I usually am. I, I do apologize for that. It's been a, it's been a heck of a. I'm also very good at keeping us on track. Heck of a summer. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, um, I blame Martin. <laughs> I was oh, going to blame oh, my no, schedule it's... and work, but no, it, it was totally his fault for keeping me on, on, on track. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you caught this one too. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Uh, Martin, you're one of the best best among us so thank, thank you, you very much. thank you for coming on here thank you for sharing your process and hopefully some inspiration for other folks um i mean even you know people look up to an artist like you like for me hearing that you had that you're still learning is i mm-hmm. think the most encouraging thing to anybody is nobody's ever really arrived we're only ever chasing right like you're you're never yeah. ever there you know you just you keep chasing you keep trying and as long as you keep that open mind and you keep trying to progress you have to be specific i mean it's it's really important in in anything in life criticism aspirations goals you got to make it specific um and then i mean you had specific goals you had these 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 things that you desired heck you couldn't even name what you were trying to do for a little bit and then you're like oh no i was really doing that but there was a specific thing in mind so yeah be specific everybody uh you know be compassionate for yourself you know obviously don't don't you know, keep that, keep that humility about you and know that you can learn, be fearless. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll take some of this advice myself and I'll have a, a soul blight grave Lord's army and a 
completed range of Ossiarch Bone Reapers. I've got at army, but I have a range I need to complete. This is a different task. This is... <laughs> yes. And I believe in you, Mef. Yeah. I think you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, chat gang, you're the show within the show. You're the reason I do this thing. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Be excellent to yourselves. Be excellent to each other. And remember, drink your milk, pay your taxes. I'll see you next time.